Well, just setting up things here. Ugh. God, I've just been bending over this whole time. I better sit down. I better sit down, ladies and gentlemen, for the, uh, oh, I'll sit down slowly because, you know, not to hurt myself or something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Give it one second. It's like life. It, you have such hopes. Give me a second. And it starts with no, disappointment. No, 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 I got to fix your chair. Hold on. I got to fix my chair. I think you got to get off the, the here. Yeah. Just one second. Just stand up. Yeah. Entertain the people. Uh, well, basically, they're just seeing my stomach right now. But hello. Just talk with them for a second. Hi, everybody. Dave Lefkowitz here with the 912th episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebook, your podcast, your programmio of the stream. That's my wife, Joyce, who is trying to, trying to get us a perfect opening moment. Okay, go ahead. Oh, good. I get to sit down. Finally, I get to sit down. Well. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was beautiful. That worked. That was that was okay, yeah. the joys of an old-fashioned whoopee cushion, which was, you know, that was like squeaky. I know it's it's like I'm gonna call it from because like, it was squeaky from. Because like, obviously I'm afraid to just down on it with my 150 <laughs> pounds. You did and you busted it last time. I know. I don't need to. A person you sits went, down. Oh, yeah. A 40 pound kid. I know. I know. Not I know. a kid. That's a big kid. You're, you're a kid in your heart, but not in your BMI. Exactly, yeah. yes. Or my BMs. Oh, I made some good BMs this morning. Let honey, me honey. <laughs> just just saying. your bunion, not your BMs. Ooh, we will have bunion watch later in the... I still have not had the time. Where did you just throw it? Oh, the chicken. Um, we will have bunion watch later in the program where I'm... I'm Constantly measuring the size of my bunions. You should measure them with you, like the tape or something. You know, right? A tape measure. You should have done that, like for like a, a pain scale. Remember, we saw the pain scale for kids with like vomit. Like oh yeah. Crazy. We should do a little. Like bunion scale, I'll like do, massive. I don't. Do we have a pen here? Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, there's a pen in your thing right there. Do you have a paper? I'll do it on the back of one of your papers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do what I'm gonna give you one. I won't need for a bit here. Try. I'm gonna this for a while. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just don't tear it or, or do anything. No, I'm gonna make the bunions. We're gonna do a bunion scale, ladies and gentlemen. At some point, I'll do the theme music, too, for bunion watch. But I've just been rather, rather busy with life and work and all these things as a choice. But we do have our chicken. We do have the adorable flinging flying chicken. Simple. Yeah. I'm making a simple scale. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you have no idea what's going on, you're just like me. This is the Dave's Gone By Facebook, yo podcast, yo programmio of the stream. We've been doing these since uh, the fall of 2002. October 6th was our very first episode of this program. It was on the radio late night in New York, uh, Long mean? Island, to be honest. And, uh, oh, but I don't understand. Is this a, a scale of what? The pain I feel? Yes, and just the, the soreness, the badness. You show okay. the people and then you... Well, show it and then oh, I'll yeah, do it can, later, yeah. It's only three, so it's not... I didn't give you five, but you can talk about how you how your bunion is feeling at that moment. <laughs> I love you it. You know, and then you, the normal pain scales have like five to seven, but I think for this now, is yeah, enough for yeah. the bunion. The bunion is not a complex, you know. Because the, the, the thing is, the, the pain thing... Yeah, well, it was essentially on the bunion, but it's not from the bunion. It was... Skin. Well, it could be discomfort. It could be anything related, related to your bunion, to... like how you feel about your bunion at that moment, how you are communing with your bunion. It's bunionated. Yes, yes. Bunionoid. You can yeah. even use it to 
And in the second half, you could comment how the bunion and onion friendship relationship oh, is going at that time. How do I even, how do I even explain that? It's very that? complicated, but perhaps they have some joy times and some, you know, yeah. some neutral and some, yeah. Joy times, I, I, we will actually talk about the bunny and onion. Oh, go, go. Good luck. Joyce is going to do what I did this morning, I think. So, yay. Oh, my God. Look at my wrinkles. Look at me. This, this, this is called teaching seven courses. And, yeah. <clears throat> no, but, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> Look at me. I've got bags under my eyes where you could literally, you know, a doorman at a hotel wouldn't want to take these in. I, anyway. Um, here. Fingers are nice and cold. Let me reduce the baggage so that I can open my eyes wide and talk to you all. And thank you for joining us in this mix of humor and talk and madness and interviews and fun that, as I've said, we've been doing for many, many years. And we're really two weeks away from our 21st anniversary. And I'm, I could not be proud. In fact, there's a lot of ways I could be prouder, but I'm pretty proud of having kept this show going. And, uh, and of all the folks who watch and tune in either live on Facebook Saturdays from 9 until noonish or thereabouts, and all the folks who tune in later, whether you're watching the, the shows on YouTube or on archive.org on the channel we have there, or at davesgoneby.com, which is where we keep every single archive that we have been able to preserve, which is quite honestly thousands and thousands of hours of show. Well, anyway, this show today, Saturday, September 23rd, 2023, in this, <laughs> in this gorgeous autumn weather, uh, I, we're on the East Coast, we're in Maryland, and so there's something swirling up. First, we had like a tornado watch and a hurricane watch last night. I don't think anything really even started here uh, of any note until about 6, 6.30 this morning, but it's been raining. Yeah. So we have, a, we have a neighbor across the way who's quite wonderful. And, and we know that life is going on as usual when he takes his, his car and hitches like the, the trailer truck hitch to it, uh, which he does several times a week. So it may be raining, pouring, actually, and wind has been blowing pretty heavily. But so long as our neighbor is out there hitching up one thing to another, we know life is just going to be fine. Anyway, let me tell you about this episode. We are calling it Dit Happens, D-I-T, Dit Happens. First of all, because we have a special guest coming in about uh, less than half an hour to join us in the neighborhood to talk about his life. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally saying it now. Um, a guest coming on uh, at about 9.30 to talk about his life as an actor, a director, I and... I David, the reason yeah. you look the way you do is because there's, it's so dark in here. Well, I mean, I, I can, like I can swivel this a little light. more. I, it's not about me looking. No, this is almost too much light now, oh. which makes the baby go blind. I'm going to oh, just turn this this way. No, it's, it's got nothing to do. My skin looks fine. It's, just, it's these things. They're like, mm, I gave you like a bloodhound. I gave you a thing to roll on them. Right? Yeah, yeah well, in my copious like fare. You know? It's nice. It's cool. You could just roll it on your... Mm. Yeah. Usually I, I, usually I just grab ice cubes, but our fridge... Oh, our fridge. I'll talk about that. Mm. Mm. These are normal problems you have. Yes, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but let me. So the guest we have coming into the neighborhood, actor, director, and for a very long time, an acting teacher. 
uh, in the what they call the Meisner method, and we'll talk about that on the show. And he's going to be appearing. I want to make sure we have this. Yes, he is going to be uh, not appearing. I believe he is directing. Excuse me. Uh, a play by one of our friends in the neighborhood, Al Tapper. And it's called Bettinger's Luggage. And it's being done at the theater that Tapper owns. It's the AMT over on 354 West 45th Street, over between 8th and 9th Avenue. Used to be the 45th Street Theater. Ken Davenport owned it for a decade. And now Al Tapper has it with Tony Sporgiello running it, our other friend in the neighborhood. So um, they are kind of producing Bellinger's Luggage, which is running from the 19th of September, it already started, through late October. So we're going to have the director of the show coming on to talk to us, tell us about the show, tell about, tell us about his career in directing, and also the stuff that he teaches uh, students when he's teaching them to direct and act, and the Meisner method. How do I know his name? Because you talked about him, right? Stephen Dittmeyer? No, no. The oh, Sandy Meisner. No, your guest. Stephen Dittmeyer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, I think Al Tapper you've had on. Have you had Al Tapper? Yeah, That's Al Tapper. Okay, because I knew the name. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. We had Al on when he what was, was buying the theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Tony, of course. We know Tony Sporciello. That's why. Okay, I knew I knew that. Yeah. Who did that, that um, lovely your, article about me? Yes. Can I have your phone name? Yeah. For which article? Tell me. Oh, about the. It was about two or three years ago. Tony wrote a, a very glowing, loving interview with me and. and and oh, he's nice. Publish that. Uh, I forget where, but it's somewhere on DaveLeftGoods.org. I, I posted it. Anyway, Rabbi Saul Solomon will be talking to Stephen Dittmeyer in the neighborhood. Now, Rabbi Saul, of course, has been with us since our very first episode, episode 001, we used to call. Uh, and Rabbi Saul is the founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And even though he is frantically preparing, for Yom Kippur. He doesn't really prepare. Oh, oh he's gorgeous. Oh, he, he, he started eating on Thursday. <laughs> Just because he's got to go 24 plus hours without food. This does not make rabbi. He's irritable in the best of circumstances. Oh, so, I thought he was going through his anger management, right? He is, but Yom Kippur just throws everything out of whack. You know, yeah, Jews he, are fine. Isn't when, he 100 so he doesn't have to fast anymore, right? No, he's that's George. 100. That's oh, true. No, Rabbi, Rabbi Saul, how old is Rabbi Saul? He's, no, he's 23. He just, okay. <laughs> no, no. He, he, no, I think, I think his uh, fasted colon is 23. It is. It's, anniversary. It's, it's, it's 23, and I wish it wasn't me. No, but, um, so if you've never seen Rabbi Saul, if you've never seen the program. Is he going to interview the guest? Yes. Oh, yes, he is. Oh but then Stephen Dittmeyer is going, unless he's, he's completely offended by the rabbi, uh, he'll stay on and play our Today, Yesterday Trivia quiz. We haven't done that in about a month no. because we've been so busy. But we've got quiz questions. We have a quiz today. That's exciting. But <clears throat> yeah. what I think is more exciting is you usually have, like, your goats, right? You have mm. the two goats. You have Leslie and David who are the greatest of all time, right? They wear the crown. They're the winners. But it would be like having a Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest where Kobayashi and uh, Joey Chestnut, like, they can't compete for some reason. Like, they're disqualified. Yeah. So, By the way, the, yeah. one of our guests is is also a greatest of all time. Yeah. It's not, no, no, you know, but he's, but, no, but he's a, he's a, 
David is the king. David yeah. Sheward is the king. No, that's true. Ron is also, and Vicky as well. Yeah. But, yeah, that's true. So maybe they are also goats. Maybe it's new goats. Yeah, they're, they're, so yeah. these, are the, these are coming up from the unexpected area goats. Goats 2.0. Goats 2.0. Yeah. And, and as, as we just said, Vicky Quaddy, the co-creator of Late Night Catechism and also the writer and performer of other comedy shows in uh, Chicago, and she also brings it to other places around the country and around the world, Vicki Quaggy will be participating in the quiz, as will Ronald Rand. Speaking of someone who knows a bit about acting and directing, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's written a lot. He, he, he did a one-person show about director Harold Clerman. So actually, we, we should, we should definitely keep Stephen on. Was that in the U.S. or Israel or where? No, yeah. in, in America. Clerman, there, there's a theater. Or I think it's still there on Theater Row. Did you go there to him? Did well, called the Harold Clerman Theater. I used to go there all the time off of Broadway. Um, it was part of this complex. There was a Samuel Beckett, oh, the Harold Clerman. Um, I think it was uh, Desi Arnaz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, then they had a small black box next to it called the Desi Arnaz Jr. Oh, no, I, I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Wouldn't that be great? Potato oh. likes that. Hee hee hee. Oh, hey, pot hey, potato. Funny joking. Where's the bunion segment? I oh, yeah. Potato does love the bunions. It's shaped like a ask bunion. Potato to point how he feels on the picture. He knows how to do that. <clears throat> How do you feel this morning, Potato? No, no, not that side, the other side. That has no pictures. Okay, no, he knows how to do it. He's smart. <laughs> Show the people he can pick it. Same Potato is smart. And he knows I... how he feels. He knows how he feels. I, it's like a nose. I know how to pick it. Which one? This one looks like me. Okay. It's true. It does, it does look yes. exactly like a... Good job, Potato. Good, Well done, Potato. <laughs> we do what we can. Um, anyway, so we have Stephen Dittmeyer. We have the quiz. We also have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we will be going to Deer Trail, Colorado. Bet you didn't know that existed. Deer Trail, Colorado, for a disgusting five-line limerick. How bad is the one today? Oh, okay. Got to make sure I, I remember <laughs> that I stuck on it. I'm sorry. I didn't have I should have got a... I keep all your old papers as scrap. They're very useful. So this one is an R-rated poem, by the way. Just uh, the, the they're always <coughs> filthy. They're always disgusting and filthy and traumatic. No, but they're, they're ranged from PG thirteen. No, yeah. they're horrible. They're just horrible, filthy, disgusting poems. Right. They're not. They're not. They're like I don't even know. I'm gonna say what's a filthy poem. <laughs> oh yeah. No, 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 I'm not asking. I would love for you to read a filthy poem I'm on here. I'm not reading a filthy poem. Please. Yeah. Dirty, disgusting, evil poems. I'm all for them. So we will have our Colorado limerick for Deer Trail, Colorado. And, oh, and Grilly Times. Of course, we've been, <clears throat> we've been doing this for many, many years now, thanks to a column in the Grilly Tribune newspaper. Real-life stuff, phone calls that come into the local police department, and <clears throat> we're not talking about the really serious, like, oh, my God, I'm being robbed, or... Uh, someone's been shot or this. No, we're talking about, huh, there's a deer pooping in my backyard. Write, Send a cop. How to write an apology in a poem. I think that's what you need. Well, that's kind of, yeah. How to write an apology. Uh, I did gory poems, but it didn't come up. It came up love poems and apologizing poems. My darling, I apologize for saying how much you I despise. No, <laughs> how fat are your thighs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to make, you want to make somebody a... Woman mad in this culture, start picking on her body. And this is this is true. <laughs> pretty handsome in your plowy shirt, though. It's, it's appropriate for the weather because it's rainy. I'm 
I'm sorry for being a terrible mister and fucking the shit out of your sister. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. No, but I like your shirt because it's like rain. What does rain do? For yeah. I picked it for this and I for Yom that. Kippur and the, the it's New Year. It's yeah. These are shirts that were like seventy dollars at. Um, we did not pay seven. You paid like five. Uh, fifteen. Ten, ten or fifteen. They're beautiful. Five women. No, we're one or two that yes. we got that so on sale. It was so they ridiculously were, they discounted. Were just to, um, it was uh, Joseph A. Banks, there. I think, or, or no, no, it was. This is where you went. This was the, the J. Crew, and they were like five bucks. It's J. Crew, that was it. Yeah, J. Crew. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if I wear we this to teach. Well, we have to shop. So let, let me talk. We have about okay. 10, 15 minutes before the guest comes. I, I, I should have reminded him. Early because he's right for the tray cranking. He's fastidious, and yes, he's, but he's not hungry. Rabbi, you know, is, he, I think he went to like an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet. He went to a breakfast buffet. He went to the Amish market and cleaned them out. Yeah. Problem is, he's been yeah. going to restaurants that aren't all-you-can-eat and still okay. <laughs> all no, he can I eat. mean, in the Amish market, I think he just went through the candy stall and consumed everything. Then he yeah. went to the butcher section and just ate the raw meat. And then, you know, the, the donut, yeah, you know the donut section where we were? Oh, forget that. Yeah, yeah the days yeah. old donuts. I think he ate about 12 crates of donuts, and then he ate a, a, a chest of drawers and a bookshelf. Well, yeah. he ate fiber. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, he's banned. <clears throat> the, he's, and then he went to the vet next door because he didn't feel good. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, but he's now banned from the Amish market. Oh, yeah. and, and the vet sent him over to Mercy Hospital, and they just sent him back to the vet. So, well, he went to Mercy? That's Goyish Hospital. It's right next to the vet. There's, yes, there's yeah, a branch yeah. there. Right, yeah. And he decided to go to Walmart, you know, to the clinic, but they just looked at him and said no. No, they said no. Even Walgreens turned him down. And he's turned in. He's, yeah. He's now... Yeah. He, he's at the big lot store looking for a doctor. <laughs> he got so desperate, he went to the, the uh, crab shack, but then he realized what crabs were. Oh, right, yeah. In both ways, not good for Jews. Mm -hmm. There's no way a crab in any, in any way is good for a, a, an observant Jewish person. I have to say that. Um, <laughs> he's been asking for Maalox, Pepto-Bisbol, and Imodium. Well, he always does. So I think there's going to be some... You, you have to understand, when the rabbi, like in his... Most people have first aid kits and toolkits in the back of their car to yeah. change a tire. And, and fix a light and a flashlight. No, he, he just has Maalox Imodium. I am a little bit concerned because he told me he's flying on Delta later. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you if you're not he's getting that reference, Delta. watch last week's show. He's going yeah. on Delta. He said he has an economy ticket, uh -huh. and uh, and he forgot his Imodium. Oh, yeah, that is not. And he hopes good. they have scotch. Yeah, but but if need be, he can wear his tallest like a diaper. So he would be in fine shape. It's like, it covers everything, and then if he has to use the fringes. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's offensive. Yeah. But in a good way. Um, so let's talk, let's see. So, so, you're the worst fringe you want to talk about. Yeah, well, let's talk about, so it's been, a, it's been a fun week in Lake Wolbegong, besides the fact that we're insanely busy uh, teaching and grading and doing everything we do. But, so anything that, that interrupts that, becomes exponentially more annoying. It's like if something happens in the summer, something happens over the break, it's yeah. like, oh, what a pain in the ass. Da, 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 you know? But when, when something happens and like every ounce of your being is thinking of getting enough food and sleep and rest and planning mm -hmm. to go and do what you do, go through the physical exertion of, you know, I teach about 20 hours a week physically in person to do that and then come home, grade, deal with email, deal with everything, deal with planning for you know, next semester and summer, and it's just, and then any little thing that pulls you away from that is like, ah! so what happens is 
And I think it's probably related to maybe the blackouts we've had. And the, you know, because we had two no, blackouts no, in no, quick what succession. He said was, no, no, that he went and he pressed the, the star fridge as a smart fridge, and it's bought in 2016. He pressed like two places, you know, I guess he did like a Vulcan brick to the panel. Yeah. And it was like, Erico, do, 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 do. And he's like, oh, you're lucky it's not the compressor. Yeah, I was sure. Was, yeah. Well, let, let me explain what oh, happened. Sorry, it was oh, So I, I figured the thing had gone. Because what happened was the fridge didn't suddenly go dead. It, no. it wasn't like it got dark and then went, you know, turned into a closet. It sort of, it started flashing, flashing these numbers. Because it's one of these supposedly as, as smart fridges that are too smart for humans to use. And yeah. too smart to work properly. Um, you know, it. So, and instead of being cold, cold, the way a fridge ought to be, suddenly you oh, open the David. door. Oh, show me. You missed it. Oh, no, it was, I, well, when was it? Tuesday. We could have made room for that. David, we should have made room. Okay, uh, well, I'll get back to the fridge in a moment. This is magnificently no, beautiful. This is sad. I'm very sad I missed that. <laughs> You're kidding. You're telling me. This was a poster, a, a flyer, <laughs> on the, well, Joyce gets her, her, Tea. Iced tea at Pete's. a place called Pete's Coffee, which also serves tea, uh, in a place where we go shopping a lot. And so, uh, here it is. Um, and there was there's a historical society in Baltimore County that apparently was having a lecture or a talk <laughs> or a recreate. You know how they, someone oh, plays Betsy Ross? Reenactment, yeah. reenactment, huh? So it's Ross Hetrick speaking about. Thaddeus Stevens, the greatest unknown person in American history. So fine, fine. And it was happening just last week, last Tuesday. Well, Tuesdays are killer for me. You know, I was, maybe they, was, maybe yeah. they did it. They recorded it. But this is the, this is the poster they put up. Is it supposed to be nostalgic when we see I don't know what it's supposed to be. Let me, let me show this man's face. I wonder if he's doing a character acting. Even so, the hair. Look at him. You can't see. That's not Thaddeus Stevens. That's like, you know, seventy-year-old man playing Ringo. I, I think he's playing the person, the greatest. Yeah. So I think he's playing. He's playing Thaddeus Stevens. I don't care. Look at the hair. Look at the face. No, I think maybe that's what he looked like. I oh, maybe. Look. Yeah. Go, go look up Thaddeus Stevens. Apparently, a real person. Yeah. I should have just taken that poster down and kept it forever and framed it. <laughs> that's what was the, it? Well, we can see if it's still. If it's still at Pete's, if they didn't take it down. Because the event happened on uh, last, mm -hmm. this past Tuesday. Who Ooh. is Thaddeus Stevens in Maryland? He was Gettysburg Council. Council, so Pennsylvania. It's not even Baltimore. Mm -hmm. is, there, in, are, is there a picture of him? Yes. He does was, he was an abolitionist? He, does he look anything like that? No, this is this is the great thing. He looks more like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. He's a very handsome guy. Well, I mean, he's ruggedly an abolitionist. Ruggedly handsome fella. Look yes. at that. The hair is very Lincoln. He looks nothing. I don't know like I don't understand. Well, I don't oh, understand. I gotta get back to oh, oh, find it again. Yeah, but I don't understand. So you just saw the real life. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Even this guy. Looks like. <laughs> I don't know why he's wearing that. He looks like something from the Nixon Watergate era, right? And, but even I mean, it's, this is the haircut Blanche wore in in like, the Golden Girls. <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't understand it. It's a Dorothy Hamill wig. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Dorothy Hamill wig. 
I had my hair like that when I was seven. Maybe he ordered a wig for the role, and he went to the place, and, and they put the wrong order well, number. You know what I think? So, I'll take it. You know what I think happened? He probably had that wig from another gig, and he just did it. Like, <laughs> I'll change my look to look different, and, you know. Like, he was playing George Harrison circa 1950. Yeah, you know, I can do Thaddeus Stevens with this. I like it. I, thought he, I think he thought he was Cat Stevens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, where Yusuf is slamming him. Oh, you should also say that the sad part is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? That came up as a spotlight for today. <laughs> Spotlight for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to email. We're still early for the guests, but I'm hoping because I can remind them this week. Oh, I can't do it. What's your? It's okay. It's I okay. Can, we'll give I them can to, send something you know. if you wish. Uh, this talk sort of about came the up. fridge, and then I will. Yeah. I will. I think I don't know if we have time to have a talk. Well, we, yeah, we can. Yeah. We can do it. Um. So. Things just stopped. We're getting cold. Oh, here we go. Wait, wait, David. Yeah. Maybe what you need to do is kind of tell your listeners that. What was this? What was this? Oh, I, <laughs> did I bring that in? I actually have the original um, I don't, don't card. Show the, I don't, David, don't show the original. It's worth money. You never show the original. You always show a copy on Antiques Roadshow, right? We don't want to yeah. show the original. This I have time for. We'll save the you bridge. You can spill your coffee on it and ruin it. And then we'll no, oh, that would be horrible. No. That's my. That's no. going to pay for my new organs, David. <laughs> <laughs> or the chicken was thinking of lay, laying eggs on it. It's not. No, good. no, no. He's got no innards. He can't do anything. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll table the, the fridge for after everything yeah, else yeah, is done. Yeah. But uh, this, this happened. This is like, you know. So I teach at two universities and. At one of them, I come in in the morning. I have an eight o'clock class twice a week, and so I come in and I set up. I get the, the computer going. I get the screen going. I get my notes out. I get my beverage. I get ready. And I notice on the desk where the computer is and, and all the stuff, um, there's a blue index card. I'm like, Okay. I'm always the curious type because sometimes I'll find yeah. like some kid's graded paper there that they leave, and I'll, you know, I'll find. Oh, our guest is here. Okay. Um, so let me let me tell this little story. Uh, and this happened about two weeks ago. So I'm I turn the card over, and I I read it. A blue index card. What does it do? It's like a note check. And, and so I think somebody was probably giving a speech, and they were using that in some capacity. Exactly. But I don't. I know, know that. Yeah, I don't know that either. Sometimes people leave messages around school, like "You are beautiful," "You're great," you know. They leave positive, re-encouraging. Like when I went to the um, the Starbucks, they put a sticker on my thing and said, "Your kindness matters. You're okay. wonderful." Oh, you're you're, you're you love. Um, the, the person you go to for working out because he put a sign on welcome yes, to you. Yes, welcome. I was yeah. like, you know, he yeah. put a sign on the door. It's nice, you know. Yeah. So, but th this is this was my welcome on like a Tuesday or a Thursday morning uh, to teach. I, I, I flip this card out. Like I read this. And, and of course, you know, being me, I can't just let it go. So when the class comes in, I'm like, does anybody have any What? Did they know? The second class did. That was the thing. The first oh, class did not. Is yeah. So, but I read this message from the gods message that is left on my desk. Gods. Well, it's not just mine. It's everybody's desk who teaches in that classroom. Somebody left it for a reason. And and what's kind of interesting is that in a lot of once a week in my English class, I start with a quote of the day, and it can be from anybody from like Plato to Hemingway to. You know, all these different writers and folks and, and philosophers that is relevant yeah, yeah. to what we're talking about and, and relevant to writing and, and yeah, yeah. 
speech. So, so I said, you know, I've been giving you these quotes, and there are, there are tremendous quotes from history that use rhetoric, like, ask not what your country can do for you, what you can do for you, from, from John F. Kennedy, you know, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. And then I get this. Costco, read it. Costco is a passion. Costco is like a massage. From <laughs> our great statesperson, Chris Jenner. Mm. And I'm like, my favorite image why? Of, my favorite image of Chris Jenner, she's holding Kim Kardashian as a baby. Oh, yeah. And she's like, this is my this is my income maker. Like it's like a, she did. Oh, no, 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 she didn't say that. But they make all these like emojis and memes, and it's like, here goes my retirement fund. You know, like she's holding. Uh, yeah. or, or she probably went like, man, that's a big ass. <laughs> but so I asked my second class. I said, because at first I joked about it, like here's our quote, yeah, yeah. and then then I said, can can anybody even? And they said, no. There was a a um a class that they had gone to in public speaking or in mm -hmm. communications. And everybody had to pick a quote, grab a quote, and do something about it for like five minutes. So for fun, you know, someone took this one. It was fun. Um, but Costco is like a massage. You know it's like a massage? Doing this program, the Dave's Gone By it's show. Like a mental massage for your brain. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, now we're going to, to bring in the person who, uh, we've had the mental massage. Now we go to the acupuncturist who's, who used stabby, stabby needles because it's Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder of spir uh, and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches, who's going to interview our guest. He's an actor. He's a director. His name is Stephen Dittmeyer. He is waiting patiently in the waiting room. So let's bring uh, the rabbi in with the rabbi's Jewy New Year uh, Yom Kippur music. We'll just call it Klezmer. And the next voice you hear will be extremely Jewish. Shalom, my friends. Shalom. And good high holidays time to you. This is Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And oh, what a thrill it is. And oh, what a joy it is to be talking to a talented person right here, an actor and a director. His name is Stephen Dittmeyer. Oh, he has studied with legends of the acting trade. And he is taught as well at the Neighborhood Playhouse and HB Studios, mostly in what they call the Meisner method, which I'm interested in because I'm Jewish and so is he. Um, Stephen Dittmeyer has taught workshops around the world, and he has worked with everyone from Al Pacino to playwright Arthur Miller. This is, this is mind-boggling to me. So ladies and gentlemen, also the reason we're having him on right now is at this very moment, a play he has directed is off-Broadway or off-off, uh, somewhere in that, that range. 
at the AMT Theater in Midtown between 8th and 9th Avenue. It's called Bettinger's Luggage. And we are happy to carry around with us Stephen Dittmeyer. Shalom, Stephen. Oi, Stephen, wait. You have to hold on. You have to unmute your, uh, your microphone there so you can see. Ah, hi. <laughs> uh, we, say hi, we say shalom. Shalom. shalom are you man. on the tribe? Are you tribal? Are you uh, one of us? No, I'm not. I'm not. What, are you? <laughs> what, what do you uh, follow? Are you probably one of those Buddhist people? Or what are you? No, no. I was raised uh, Catholic, but I'm, uh, you know, been in the arts and I'm, you know, pretty liberal and pretty, uh, yeah. Almost near Jewish. You're Jewish and Jacobs. <laughs> That's like right. That's right. So I did admire, I was, now are you of Germanic or Austrian descent? I'm Jewish? very American. You know, I'm Czechoslovakian, French, German, and Irish. And the Dittmeyer part is from, is German. Yes. But I'm, you know, I'm like a very American mutt, you know, five, six things. But Czech first. I mean, it's interesting that you're for, uh, so, so we will check you out on this program. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Little comedy there. So, shalom to you. How, uh, the first question, of course, how is Bettinger, is it Gur or Jer? Bettinger's luggage? Bettinger's, Bettinger's, yeah. Bettinger's luggage, yeah. And it's off Broadway, just opened, <clears throat> excuse me, just opened um, this week, this last week, and uh, uh, to full houses. And it runs for five more weeks till October 26th at the brand new, gorgeous AMT Theater, as you mentioned, yeah, on 45th Street. So tell us what the show is about. Yeah, uh, you know, at heart, it's about a, a father and son. It's about a, a Jewish family, a father and son, who that father's father came over from Riga in 1912 and started a luggage business. And Al Tapper, the writer, it's based on uh, on uh, real people and some events and real people that uh, that he knew. He Bettinger's luggage was a real store in Delancey Street um, back in the day, and um, we've even had on with this explanation. All these, you know, Delancey yeah. Street and a Bettinger store in Latvia was it in Latvia or uh, was, was yeah Riga Latvia is where they came from. They came over in 1912, um, and. Uh, the the father did and then his son you know he had his son take over the business and his son who is the main character in the play his son and uh george i mean um lou bettinger uh took over the business in the seven you know in the for a long time in the 40s 50s 60s 70s and didn't um want to really be in the luggage business this Lou Bettinger, he wanted to be a veterinarian uh, to study uh, medicine at NYU and be a vet. But his father, you know, with the generational gap and stuff, the father didn't want want him to do it. This is ridiculous and stupid to me. He should have been a veterinarian. And then when the animal dies, you can make it into a suitcase. He could have combined (laughs) both. It would have been fantastic. Right, right. Yeah, and so what is the conflict of the play? What is what is like at stake? Yeah, well, it's a, a really a father and son story, and the so Lou's we we're in 1974 Delancey Street in the play, and Lou's running the story has been for a while, and he has a son. His son now is in his mid twenties, George Bettinger. 
George and George wants to be a, a, a performer, a comedian, a stand up, you know, his idols are George Burns and people like that and Groucho Marx and, and me, and me, of course. Yeah, of course. And he he really wants to be a performer and he doesn't want to be in the luggage business. But the father, you know, just like his father said, this is the best thing for you. You have the, I'm handing down a business to you. This yeah. is what's, you know, what, how I'm helping you. Right. And so there's, there's a big conflict with that. But what's really neat about the play is that it's, it's 14 actors playing 25 roles. It's the whole life of Lower East Side with all these different ethnicities and in the play, um, they run the, it's a Jewish family running this shop, but the next door neighbor is, is, uh, you know, is a different ethnicity and the, and it's an Italian and it's an, an Irish guy with the hardware store and they're the manager of the store is Puerto Rican. And it's really neat, all these different and how they all come together and help each other. And that's one of the reasons Al wrote it, um, is to show, you know, how we can really all really get along and help each other. Not to um, mention almost a miracle it is to go to a not even a broadway show but an off broadway i see 14 people on stage this does Absolutely. not have every every play written in the past 40 years is like three people on a walk-on you know? Absolutely. You know, I'm a direct, you know, I direct a lot and I direct regionally and I direct in Europe too. And it's three, four, I think the, the most is six, seven actors, you know, it's mostly three, four, five actors. That's to, we call them that they started becoming more and more couch plays. We call them couch plays, you know, to, to make them simple and not cost as much. So as much. So this is a real treat that it's, this is that, that, it, this play reminds me of the things I did years ago with Sanford Meisner and people like that. You know, it has an Arthur Miller kind of feel right. to it. Yeah. Let's, let's unpack this because, first of all, you not only teach the acting technique that Sandy Meisner taught, but you took courses with him, right? You knew him. Yes. Yeah, I was very lucky. Very At the end, I was the last class to have him at the Neighborhood Playhouse. 33 years ago yes so i was very lucky he was older then so i had him and a great teacher named richard pinter but i had we had we had sandy and uh two times a week and we had richard and it was really f fascinating really something yeah very lucky i was very lucky to have him and then when i graduated from the playhouse um uh, I did a final play my, after your two years, you do a, a play at the end of your two years of studying. And I did an Arthur, wonderful Arthur Miller play called Memory of Two Mondays, which isn't done often. It's a, it was a one, it's a one act that was with, when it originally performed, was a one act with View from the Bridge. A View from the Bridge was originally a one act. And it was paired with A Memory of Two Mondays. And I did A Memory of Two Mondays and and because of Sandy and the Playhouse and all the connections, I got to then work with Arthur Miller after that uh, on some readings and things and workshops of new plays, Broken Glass and different really amazing experience. Yeah. Oh, so stop right there because it's so, there's still, you're like, you're throwing things out and I'm like, we need to unpack. So yeah. we'll get back to Sandy Meisner, but do you have any stories or any anecdotes about? arguably the greatest, uh, maybe other than O'Neill, that playwright that America has ever seen. Well, I just remember, I mean, I have a couple, I was, a couple stories. One is, is that for me, you know, a big memory is I remember we were 
doing a, a reading of Broken Glass. Uh, this at the time is a new play of Arthur's, and and um, and he comes up to me after the reading, and he says, and I'll just you know here Arthur Miller comes up, and we finish, and he says, I was the young one in the I you know I was the young one. Everyone else was legendary actors and stuff, and he comes up and he says good job, you're going to be on Broadway someday. <laughs> and that was a big thing to me, you know, yeah. Yes, yeah, very yeah. nice of him. And, and, and you, now you've not, you have not done Broadway, you have not been. I have not, I have not, no, yep, I have not, but I've directed regionally and off-Broadway, and this play is, is running off-Broadway, it's a, yeah. So, so. so in a way, who else was in that Memory of Two Mondays cast? Was, were there famous people in there? Uh, no, and the Memory of Two Mondays was my final play at the Neighborhood Playhouse. Right. But the did they become production. famous later on? Those those folks who were in you know in your cohort, any of them are known names now. Oh oh uh, yeah yes um uh oh my gosh I'm blanking right now for a second but uh, yeah I mean it's interesting when uh, because then I was at the Neighborhood Playhouse years later. Um, there's 20 people that graduate every year, all those years, right, from the Playhouse. It's a, it, the first year, there's around 75 students there were, and then the second year is a big cut, 20 asked back. Can you imagine, like 55 people cut and 20 asked back. And after, out of all those, those graduating classes, I looked at it when I was there at the Playhouse, I looked at our files and there was an average about five, five people per class that were still, you know, were well-known actors and stuff in the business. So it's, you know, business. yeah. So when you directed or when you were working on the readings of Broken Glass, was Amy Irving already involved? Was, was yeah. David Duke? Uh, he was in there. No, already. actually it wasn't Amy Irving, but Ron, Ron Rifkin yeah. was. Okay. Ron Rifkin was, and um, it was, uh, it was Ron Rifkin. It was uh, oh, I'm blanking on something so long ago. It was Ron Rifkin for sure, and um, Jewish. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I'll have to say Jewish, right? Yeah, because uh, for people who don't know Broken Glass, oh, Sam Waterston, Sam Waterston, Ron Rifkin, and I'm blanking on the the the. Who was the woman? Who who's the woman that it wasn't Amy in the in the workshop of it? It was ah, uh, oh, it'll come to me. Yeah, really. Great actress. Oh, Diane Weist. Oh, my, and she's back off Broadway, <laughs> or Broadway as we speak. She's about to start in a new show just now. Great. She's still oh, great. Happy. Yeah. Great. So anyway, we're talking, by the way, with Stephen Dittmeyer, who, as we said, got a lovely, lovely, nice little note, you know, a, a note, I guess we would call it, from Arthur Miller. But what was special about Sandy Meisner and also, I guess that feeds into the Meisner technique. So in a brief way, tell us. Yes, um, really special. He was really a genius. You know, I, it, you know, I can I, I teach all around the world master classes with actors, mostly professional actors, giving them everyone around the world wants to know what how what did Sandy teach these actors, you know, that they see in films and all, you know, in Hollywood and, and great stage actors. So I go, I travel around the world. It's a tough job. I travel around the world giving master classes, acting classes and working with actors. And, and I, you know, I know the work very well. I study, you know, I was an actor 33 years ago studying it. And then I was asked back to train as a teacher at the Playhouse. So I spent a year and a half training of, 
you know, to teach the method, the, 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 the technique. So uh, he was a genius. I can teach it, but these people that come up, how he came up with it's really something, but he just really broke down acting in its simplest forms. You know, he taught, he said, one of the toughest things as an actor to do is to be simple. You'll notice great actors, we watch them and it looks like they're doing nothing. They're just being, right? And we think, the world thinks, uh, the everyday person thinks, oh, they're just being natural. They're not, well, that takes, Miser said, takes 20 years <laughs> of well, technique. There's, there's a famous interview with uh, Michael Caine. When they ask him, well, Michael Caine, you're a famous actor. You're amazing. What do you do? And he said, oh, I'll hit my mark. <laughs> look on the, I hit my mark and look at the camera and, and, and in some way he's uh, being correct and in other ways in some ways in other ways you know it takes a lot of, so what Sandy when he broke it down he said okay what's the the first thing he said acting's really doing he said to us it's not pretending not one second isn't that something when a lot of people think oh it's about pretending and Miser, you know, I came from uh, really, I got a degree in pretending when I think back about my, you know, university in Florida, I got a degree really in pretending because that's how I was attacking it. I show up to New York to study with Sandy Meisner and I think, okay, I've done 12 plays, I got a degree, he gets to work with an actor. <laughs> oh my God, it was the, the toughest year of my life because he said, Steve, you pretend, you know, and I'm like, I thought it's acting. And he said, it's not pretending you it's under imaginary circumstances. We are right. The story's under even if it's based on true, it's still not it's not how life is not true. It's imaginary heightened. If it's any good drama, comedy, it's heightened circumstances, right? Truth. And yes, actors, we need to be truthful to be truthful. He said, you need to not pretend. Oh, that's interesting. Don't pretend at all, he said, under imaginary circumstances. So he said, what you have to do as an actor is find what you can really do. That's your job. Even though it's imaginary, what can you really do? What are the real doings? And the first thing he said that you can really do is listen, not show the audience you're listening, not pretend you're listening. You know, I must have when I know when I was in college, I was showing Dave, the actors the, in showing the audience that I was listening. Right. Exactly. I was going. It's like what I'm doing now. Were you talking just now? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, instead of just actually trusting to actually listen, and if you actually listen and let go of the brain, right, because you can't be self-conscious, any thinking when you're acting is self-conscious. You can't be self-conscious. Your focus can't be on yourself. So great actors, I'm here to tell you, they don't focus on themselves. They're completely off themselves. That's why they, you think they act natural because they don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine that? They actually don't know what they're doing because they're not aware of themselves. They're, I'm responding to you. It's like me as a rabbi. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But, <laughs> yeah. but let me ask you though. Okay, I get it in modern, if, if you have an actor who's playing a modern contemporary piece, but how do you not pretend, let's say when you're doing As You Like It or uh, you know, a Shakespeare play, how do you not, you've got the costume, I, the language is different, the circumstance, the duke, you, you can be real, but you're pretending to be real. It, it, this is what I'm telling you, for the actor, the actor is not, when we really start learning technique, they're not pretending to be real, they're doing everything they can 
in what they can for real. They can listen for real. They can start doing it. You know, it gets a little more complicated. We're talking about character work and stuff, but character work is who's it coming from? If you're playing that role in Shakespeare, who's playing the role? You are. If you're playing the role, you're playing it. But if I come on with this accent, being as as natural and honest as I can, to be or not to be, that's a question. It's got to come from, it comes from you though. And that's where you start finding the truth. You have to find the, a part of you. It comes all from you. Character, I'll tell you, give you an example. Meisner said, character is not, a lot of people think that character is the putting on, acting is the putting on of a mask. When he said in reality, it's the taking off of masks to reveal you, a part of you, a part of you. I do understand. As a, as a certain point, you have to heighten things because you have to change the boy. Well, um, yeah. my friend Dave just interviewed, um, uh, not for the show, but for, for a thing, uh, Victoria Clark, uh, Tony Wing. Yes, excellent, Tony. excellent actress. Well, yeah. she had to work on it from essentially the outside in, she says. She, she, yes. It was about how does this teen, 16 year old girl, she's 60 That's something. That's right. How does, a, how does she walk? How does she talk? What does she have to do to her voice as a 60 something year old actress when she sings and when she talks? And only then could she go internally and, and do then it. She, yeah, so the, a, lot of, a lot of people, one reason I teach Meisner all around the world is because a lot of people, they just hear about Meisner about repetition. We haven't said this thing, getting back to listening is to help you listen. But so they think it's just that. The first year, a good way to explain it is the first year is inside out and the second year is outside in but you see an actress like victoria clark is so good first of being 100 truthful really knowing how to really do not pretend so that's inside out right what everything that has meaning to her right using her imagination so things can will touch her and she can work in a truthful way then we learned with Meisner the second year how to add character work outside in. And so it's a real combination, actually. So she's ex- she's right, because she had to find, if you start doing things, Dave, that, that are, yeah, affect Rabbi you. Saul. See, see you. You have been listening. I'm Rabbi Saul. Oh. So you got to listen. Saul. Ah. But, yeah, it's because of Can't the name of the show. You on that. You're out of the reality of, the, of the, what's going on here. Oh, good, good. No, I kept being told by my publicist, my press person, that it's, you're on Dave's show, she said. Yes, yes, I yeah. am. Well, let me, so, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me actually, um, let's try this. To, to give it, can we do that repetition thing? Like, yes, you know, like, I'll teach you a little bit of it, yeah. Um, do we, do um, we, all right, yeah. yeah, so so it's you and I look at each other, right? And just relax, just like we were talking. And you relaxed. I'm Jewish. Yeah. Right? Yes. And at first, when you very first start it, we do it simply with one or two words only, just so to be simple, you know. And it's really not about the words. It, one of the first things it teaches you is any word, any line can mean anything. If I say, I love you, look at me, I love you. It's <laughs> That's how I say it to my wife. So there you yeah, go. But, yeah, but you see, it doesn't matter the words really. So words are words. Can you imagine we're staying with Meisner the first days and he says, Can you imagine? Don't tell a writer this. He says, Words have no meaning. What? <laughs> what? Well, in an actor, it's because it's the behavior, it's what's going on. 
but we look at each other and you and I look at you, you look at me and you say something, a physical observation. So and then we, you know, so if you look at me, what would you say that you see in one or two words, a physical observation that you see of me? Okay. Um, beard like me. Yeah, that's three words. So right, you no, no, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the same messy hair. No offense. Yeah, but no that, but you see. Yeah, but yeah, you I, see, I with myself. I thought that's right. That's yeah. the first thing you start learning. Isn't something the brain wants to work. Your brain wants to be in charge. But in acting, can you imagine in acting when you're acting, you don't use your brain one second, not one second. Isn't that something you have to let go of the brain? You have to not censor and use the brain. You have your impulses know everything. Your impulses are what's really truthful. You want to say thinning hair or whatever, you know, or balding head. No, no, or your hair's beautiful, but it's messy. So <laughs> yeah. So you say messy hair. You say right. So that you and if you say say messy hair just for a second, yeah. Messy just for, hair. Yeah, I say messy hair. Messy hair. Messy hair. Messy hair. Now. That's the that's the start of it. But the first problem is, is you're pausing, you're doing big pauses, right? What you're in, you're you're being in control of what you're saying. Let me show you what you were doing. Say, say black jacket, black jacket, black jacket. That's what you're doing. You're taking a pause, right? Because you're trying to your brain wants to go. I okay, I want to be good. I want to do the exercise correctly. I want to be right. I heard black jacket. So now I'm going to repeat properly. That's not the exercise. That's the brain you have to let go. So it has to be faster. You don't need so no pausing is the first thing you learn because you don't need to think of anything. Why? What's there to think about? You're given everything what to say. So if I look at you, and I say, um, uh, gray beard, gray beard, gray beard, gray beard, gray beard, gray beard, gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. Gray beard. And that's already your great television ladies and gentlemen. If we did that for two more minutes, would one of us get angry? Would one of us like what would happen? You know? Well, look what started to happen right there. You started going on the roller coaster ride there where you didn't pause to think and try to do it. So you have less time to be in control from your brain. So you start, you start, you know, it starts happening a little. You wanted to even smile by that third one and you went into one to smile, but you said, no, I got to repeat. I got to repeat. No, you got to smile if you wanted to smile. You yeah, get me? I also, by the fifth time, I was, I was, I think I need a modification here. So I changed my voice on the first word. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> what was I telling you? You're in I charge. You're the thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You but, can't think at all. So yeah. then we'll show them a little. We'll show the audience that now let's do it. Now it's in sentences now. But when you put it into sentence, into language, something changes. Because if I say to you, um, you're, how do you repeat? You, your job is to repeat me. If I say you're wearing glasses, you're repeat. wearing glasses. Oh, What's the problem in that? Am I wearing glasses? No, no, you're, no. You're, so uh, something changes when you put it into into language. When I say you're wearing glasses, how would you repeat the truth of what's being said? The honesty. How would you be honest to what I'm saying? You're wearing if glasses. I, huh? <laughs> My mind is going, you're wearing glasses. I'm not wearing glasses. I said, watch, you ha you have red on. I have, wait, oh, sorry. you have red on, yeah. No, I don't. You said it right. You got to not trust your brain, trust your instinct. Because I I'm said, you're supposed to just repeat, even though you're not wearing red. So, you're, no, you're supposed to repeat the truth. You have to listen and take in the meaning and what's happening. Well, I so, say, I'm I, not wearing red. 
No, I didn't say I'm not wearing red. You said it right. You said your first instinct right away without thinking was, I'm wearing, oh, 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 you're wearing, you said the right thing, but your brain started to work thinking, oh, I got to do the exercise right. If I say to you, um, you have, um, uh, uh, you have uh, black strands of hair. You have black strands of hair. No, you you, instantly. It's not what you do have black strands in there, honestly. Yeah, I know. But if I but let's try the glasses thing. You're wearing glasses. How would you repeat the truth of what I said? You repeat and truth are are antithetical here because I'm repeating. But the truth is you're not wearing glasses. Yeah, but you say I tell me, say, say you have messy hair. You have messy hair. I have messy hair. You have messy hair. I have messy hair. You have messy hair. Yes, I have messy hair. Also, we're not repeating anymore. Yes, we are. We're repeating. I'm repeating exactly what you said. You said you, yes. You said you, yes, I have messy hair. I know. Hair. And what would, would what would you have to add? I was testing you. If I say yes, I have messy hair, how you, do you repeat? Yeah, yes, you do have messy hair. Yes, I do have messy hair. I told you you have messy hair. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, that's that's how it goes. But you just you just went where you cha- you can't change every second because you can- it'll change by itself. You have to repeat. So uh, remember, you changed it from yes, you have messy hair to yes, you do have messy hair. Yes, and did I catch it? I know how to listen a hundred percent. So try it simple again for a second. Why? Not changing the word. Not changing one word. No. You can if you have to, if I say, if I, this is the hardest thing in the beginning of oh, people shit, to learn yeah. the Meisner technique. If I say to you, um, you're a funny guy, how would you repeat what I just said? The meaning, you're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. No, I didn't I a, say. Are you saying it about me and I'm thinking it's about, well, not thinking. I'm not thinking. thinking. That's right. Not thinking. You oh. don't have to think. You have I would to say listen. Thank you is what I would say. Yeah, but that's conversation. And Miser said you don't need to learn conversation. You need to learn to listen one hundred percent. You tell me I'm a. You're a funny guy. I go thank you. I'm a funny guy. Or do I say you're a funny guy? You, you don't make. You have to repeat exactly the exactly what I say. Watch. Ready. Ready. Real simple. Um, you have something on your head. You have something on your head. No, I you I said you no, have something. something. Yeah. You have something on your head. So the first thing you have to learn, <laughs> Saul, well, is... Why you do this with yourself? Because I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. You're having it. It's tough. They're very, tell me something you see of me in a sentence. Watch. Fine, fine. Okay, you have broad shoulders. I have broad shoulders. Now, your job is to repeat me. I just said, I have broad shoulders. You have broad shoulders. I have broad shoulders. You have, but you, you just changed the language. No, so I didn't. I have, you have, I have. So you aren't yes, because exactly repeating. It, it's repeating, but it, it's a, when you put it into language, you have to be truthful. You have to first work. The repetition changes as you work from the honesty of your answer. I say, you're touching your face. I am touching my face. You are touching your face. I am touching my face. Well, I was you touching stop. I was touching my face. That's what yeah, you can't. But see how you stop and you're thinking and you're trying to control. And, and guess how tough acting is. You have to let go of all that and just put your focus constantly on me where you can listen. If you listen, you'll catch everything. Wow. It's, well, a, it's not easy. If it was easy, we'd all be Meryl Streep. 
And Mara's not, nah, she's bigger hair. But all right, let me, first of all, this is delightful. And I, I wish I could keep doing this. And also talking more about you and, and other experiences you've had. But amazingly enough, we're coming up on the half hour for this interview. You're sticking around, thank God, because you're going to stay and play our wonderful Today Yesterday quiz with Dave, with theater, former actress and theater critic Leslie Hoban Blake. And also, I know Leslie Oban Blake. <laughs> you know Leslie Oban Blake. Oh my God. Yes. And you probably, I'll bet you know our other guest. He is an actor and a director, and you would know the person. He has a one man show where he has played Harold Clerman. His name is Ronald Rand. You oh, cool, him? cool. Yes. I, uh, you know, I mean, it's all the from the. Soul of the American. Harold Clerman. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. Great, great. So let me, let me, you know what? I'm going to force you to do this because you pissed me off so much. So <laughs> I have to go get Dave to come back onto the show. I've got to go. In. I, I, by the way, I thank you. And I, I tell everybody, please go see Bettinger's Luggage. It's running now through October 26th at the AMT Theater in Midtown. It's on 45th between 8th and 9th. It's it's a, a comedy drama, right? It's a, Yes, it's a very touching, funny story that... that uh... It's a beautiful story about this Jewish family and very touching as well. Yeah. yeah so, so go and touch yourself at Bettinger's <laughs> Luggage. It's, get your tickets now. It's by Al Tapper, who's been on this program too. So, so it's all home week too. And, and I'm you're sure you will enjoy it. Now, do not go away. It'll take me a minute to get Dave and bring him in. While Great. I'm doing that, you do the goddamn exercise yourself and let's see how this really works do it well, back and you forth. want me to you yeah. want me to explain a little bit about it continue while you're... One. go ahead go ahead i've got to go this okay. is stephen didmeyer and dave will be right with us you you go, go, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah it's fun you know it's a tough thing this uh we're talking about you know he's asking about the meisner technique and it starts with listening and uh just like just like Saul got confused when you first put it in the language, it's it's uh you know it you get you know oh look at it. <laughs> hey Stephen, nice. with us in the neighborhood on this Saturday morning. Sorry to cut off your explanation, but I want to let in our guests in the neighborhood to play the quiz with you. But but you were explaining about this whole thing of just listening and, and yeah, yeah. And it's about it. listening. It's a little you know it's tough. But it's a tough thing because we want to, the brain wants to be in control. We want to think instead of like you did when you censored the first thing you wanted to say to me or you're, you're listening to me, you have to repeat, but you're thinking, is this correct? Is that, you can't, you start letting go of that. It's all about letting go of the brain so you can be, you can live truthfully, spontaneously in the moment. That's what we say about acting, living moment to moment. Yeah. And then it's all about that training. Well, we are in the moment here with Stephen Dittmeyer, the director of Bettinger's Luggage. We are also here with Vicki Quaddy, our beloved Vicki from Chicago. Vicki, gotta unmute your mic, please. And with Ronald Rand, of course, uh, publisher of The Soul of the American Actor and writer of a couple of books specifically about acting. Uh, so welcome, Vicki. Is your, your mic? Let's, how are you doing? I, I think I'm, yeah, you can hear me, right? Oh, yeah. You, you sound yeah, right. Perfect. I'm doing good. I'm so good. that's Stephen Dittmeyer. He is a longtime acting teacher and actor and director. Um, really goes around the world teaching the Meisner technique of acting, um, which you know I I do all the time. 
No, that's 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 more method. Anyway, how are you, Vicky? It's been a, a few weeks. We haven't really done. It's been a while. Uh, I'm fine. I was in Indianapolis for a week at a, a the Midwest Arts Conference, uh, Midwest Arts Expo, which is a conference where artists try to sell their works to you know, you know performers uh, uh, to presenters. And oh, are you it, talking about visual and sculptural artists? About no, oh no, no. Like you know, your shows. I, you know, I was there to sell my shows to try to get some bookings. Um, did, did anything come out of it yet, or, or can it was it? very productive? Yeah, okay. I was. Uh, so we're talking very, about very shows good. like Late Night Catechism. Um, are you Are you smarter than your eighth grade nun? My my game show. I have a game show. Are you smarter than your eighth grade nun? Which yeah. is just hysterical, and there's yeah. a lot of interest in that. And I have a line of bingo comedies, and but you know, lot, lot, I I think people want to now start booking to get audiences to finally let's get in here, you know. So well, you're you've seen audiences rise over you know in the past two years and stuff. Really, the, the horrors of COVID. I thought maybe not in Chicago. I I have elsewhere. I mean, I outside of Chicago, but not here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you're New still York's been tough that. too. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just saying New York's tough too. We're just, you know, we're we're trying to get people back, trying to get people back, right. and so not as many shows are opening, especially plays. Yeah, the beat, you know, Wicked and Lion King and stuff, but it's right. tough to get new plays up. Right, right. Now, now we're also let's not leave out, of course, our beloved Ronald Rand. Ronald, where are you? I mean, this you've got a great backdrop there. Is that just in your nook, or where are you at? Oh, He's brother, muted. You're still, still muted. You're still muted there. Yeah. I'm, I'm... How's that? Is that better? Good. Yeah, oh, good. Well, I try to make my uh, apartment uh, exciting, and this happens to be a corner of the kitchen. <laughs> it is. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. So it's fun. Yeah. Well, I I've been actually very busy, and and it's been an exciting time because I'm in the middle of writing a new solo show oh. uh, for a dear friend. Uh, and I haven't even a, have a name for it yet, but uh, it takes place 500 years from now uh, in the future galaxy. Uh, so it's it's a play of the future about today. And uh, it's all about a woman who's who's trying to uh, recover her her present and her future. But she's taken off from planet Earth, uh, where, um, of course, all of our cities are covered by globes uh, because the planet is pretty much uninhabitable. And uh, and of course we're able to travel to future galaxies in the future. So it's an interesting piece. And uh, of course my books, uh, create and solo transformation on stage, have been doing very well. And also I just got news not too long ago uh, because I'm a librettist of the first opera ever written about Ibsen. Uh, it's now under consideration by the Finnish National Opera Company. That's and great. Yeah. Thank you. So we'll see what happens. You know, keep yeah. our fingers crossed. Knocking, knocking. Yeah. 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 No. Thank you. So, so great to see all of you in the neighborhood. Um, Ronald and Vicky, you played the, the trivia quiz. Time to be oh. <laughs> <laughs> all you guys are doing. By the way, that's, that's my darling white Joyce in the background there, in case we didn't know. Um, <laughs> so, but Stephen, you haven't played the game yet. So, um, let me explain what it is. It's just a trivia quiz answering questions. They're worth two points apiece if you get them right. If you don't, there's no penalty. And most first-time guests don't get any points. So yeah, so if you don't do well, it's, it's normal. If, you, if the questions are stupid and terrible anyway. It's just for fun. 
It's just like all of us getting together and having a nice time on a Saturday. But right. um, so that's why you talk out the question. You don't just necessarily like be quiet. Yeah, but and no, think. no Googling or no AI, no right. no chat GPT. None of that. None of, so <laughs> play fair. If you don't get the question, one of the other contestants gets to try and steal and answer the question for themselves. And there was a crown, but it got lost in the FedEx. Yeah. yeah. So David Schuler oh, is, David. is often our winner. Leslie Hoban Blake. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mentioned Leslie Hoban Blake. She's not joining us. Um, uh, she's away for it, and so is David. But we have these, these wonderful, wonderful two guests with us. Oh, we have the B team. We were dumb enough to be available. So, all right. So that's how the quiz works. But what I need from you, kindly, Stephen, our our new player, is. Can you kindly think, and don't use your brain, can you kindly think of a number from one to six just say a and just say whatever it is? Sure, one. Stephen, with a number one. Vicky, oh. uh, kindly. I'm going to take six. Vicky, oh. you're taking Leslie's number. I'm taking Leslie's. As the um, only woman here, wow. it's, a, it's a female power thing. I'm taking Leslie's number. Yeah. Um, Ron. Well, all right. I'll jump in the middle and say three. <laughs> Join with three. That's usually the number. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is my wife Joyce is going to roll a single-sided die that she has with her. Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> she rolled a six. She rolled a six. So oh. Vicky, you get to decide. Do you want to go first, second, or third? Oh, I'll go first. Why not? You go, Vicky. Take the lead, Vicky. Take the lead. Yeah. So if you could roll again. Uh, she rolled a two. She rolled a four. She rolled a three, a three, a three. We have a three. Oh. All right. I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go second then. That'll be fine. Thank you, guys. And this allows Stephen to get a sense of the game because he'll be going, going third. Uh, Perfect. Thank you, guys. Now, are you ready to start the game? Yes. Yeah. The only other thing, really, Stephen, that you don't even have to know this, but a lot of the questions have to do with things that happened in history on September 23rd. Right. Ah. Okay, it is the 23rd. So we, um, you know, it could have been 500 years ago last year and things. And, and once in a while, we have more recent questions. So we begin with Vicky with our very first question on this today, okay. yesterday. The year was 1862. Okay. The, yeah, exactly. President Lincoln uh -huh. issues the first draft of the Emancipation Proclamation telling slaves that they're no longer slaves. But which of these is false about the proclamation? Okay. A, Lincoln waited until after the Battle of Antietam to issue the final proclamation. B, the governors of three northern states wrote a letter to Lincoln objecting to the proclamation, saying it was too sudden and would hurt the economy on both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. C, the proclamation helped keep England and France from joining the Civil War on the Confederate side. Or D, Lincoln once said the proclamation was his proudest achievement as president. One of these, only mm. one, is not true. One is false. Right. Which is false. Which is false. Hmm. I'm going to say D. You're going to say that the false one is that Lincoln once said the proclamation was his proudest achievement as president. You're saying he didn't say that. That's not true. Exactly. Is that your final answer? I it is my final answer. Wait, what happened to my, my musical instrument? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Here it is. I love I, your shirt, though. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, there Mickey, we go. Oh, Mickey, you, you, you don't actually know the joke, the great joke of uh, Lincoln waking up one morning and what he say is, I read the what? <laughs> um, but he did say that. He did say it was he his He did problem. say it. Okay. Well, oh, okay. Um, so we have a steal opportunity. Oh, wow. I need to roll a die. And the die came up a four, and the, the other die came up a three. So three is Ronald. Ronald, do you okay. have to steal the question? Do you need me to read would, Yes, please, would you? So, okay, so this is about the, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Which of these is false? Mm -hmm. A, Lincoln waited until after the Battle of Antietam to issue the mm -hmm. final proclamation, because this was the first draft. Uh, that was announced mm -hmm. that. Uh, B, the governors of three northern states wrote a letter to Lincoln objecting to the proclamation, saying it was too sudden and would hurt the economy on both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. Or C, the proclamation helped keep England and France from joining the Civil War on the Confederate side. Well, I, I tend to think that uh, C sounds true. And I think that I'll have to go with B. And B was what again? B was the governors of three northern northern states wrote yeah. Lincoln objecting to the proclamation on, on economic grounds. Well, I'll have to think it's that one because um, the other ones I believe are true. So I'll go with B. Is we'll see what happens. Final answer, Ron. Final answer. <laughs> Well, I hereby proclaim that Ronald Rand gets two points because oh, yes. Okay. All right. Go Ronald. Here's the deal. Uh, the proclamation <laughs> doesn't even mention any of the northern states. Lincoln was very careful about that. It was just mm. the south and said, if you leave the south, you're free. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and, and it was after the Battle of Antietam. Lincoln waited until that because he needed to to prove that the U.S. Mm -hmm. back up its threat against the South. It was a, you know, he can't be yeah. a tiger. He needs to prove that the military of the North could defend, you know, and, and defend if the Southerners were like, we want our slaves back. Well, he needed a victory. And uh, I mean, I've, I've watched, uh, of course, how could you not watch Daniel J. Lewis's performance oh, in Lincoln amazing. at least a dozen times. So nice. just to study, uh, you know, all of the... Uh, work. But of course, you know, it's so funny. Some of my students in my class, when I teach the art of transformation around the world on my tours, um, it's so interesting because some of the students who have seen the movie say, um, well, that's what really happened. And Lincoln said everything that's in the movie. And of course, I have to remind them that that's a movie and it was written by a writer named Tony Kushner. Right. And it's unbelievable the effect that movies have. And they think what they're watching is absolutely the truth. Well, they also want to feel it's closer to the real truth of the deal making mm -hmm. that they can have it go through. Not to mention that Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis, they would go back and forth and Spielberg would say, I freed the slaves. I freed the slaves. <laughs> I freed the slaves. I freed the slaves. I sleep. No, just, just. Okay. Steven, just smiling at that. That's, oh, <laughs> shit. Anyway, Lincoln. I do, I do like that Daniel Day-Lewis in reading all the stuff about Lincoln. Yeah, it says that his voice was very thin, very high. Reading, um, yes. Very mm -hmm. reading. So Daniel Day-Lewis had to work that voice. 
so what we, seven years ago. What we hear is probably close. pretty yeah. close to what Lincoln actually sounded like. But I will say that this was Lincoln's actual quote. If my name ever goes into history, it will be for this act and my whole soul is in it. So, but the the most important we like him in Illinois, you know. Yeah, pretty good. It's the land of Lincoln. Well, oh, there you go. That's right. So, but uh, you know, forget freeing the slaves, forget the Civil War. Most important thing is that Ronald is on the board with two points. Excellent, Ronald. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, and this is interesting because Ronald, you can build on your lead because the next question goes directly to you. Oh boy! Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? ready? I'm I'm ready. Boom! 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 boom. (laughs) The year was 1879. Again, September 23rd, 1879. Richard Silas Rhodes. Excuse me. Uh, Richard Silas Rhodes takes out a patent on the audiphone, which, after many subsequent designs, won a medal at the 1893 World's Columbia Exposition in Chicago. Right. Of these is also true about the audiphone. Audiphone. I'm I'm audiphone. A U D I phone. Oh, okay. Okay. Which of these is true? A. Thomas Edison sued Richard Rhodes eight times to prevent him from marketing it. B, the device could be folded up like a fan. Hmm. C, Alexander Graham Bell told Rhodes later in life he wished he thought of some of Rhodes' design ideas. Or D, Richard Rhodes died while actually on it. Whoa, these are deep. Wow. But only, wow. only one is true. Oh. Doesn't I? Well, um, I sneezing. They all sound awfully true, don't they? <laughs> And that's how and I, I was, these questions, yeah. And if I was on the audio phone right now, I'd have the correct answer. Um, <laughs> um, so um, A, you said was Edison said what again? I'll, I'll read the choices again. So please, on, thank you. On this date, the patent was taken out for the audiphone by Richard Rhodes. Which of these is true about Rhodes and the audiphone? A. Thomas Edison sued Richard Rhodes eight times to prevent him from marketing it. B, the device could be folded up like a fan. C, Alexander Graham Bell told Rhodes right later in life. Ha, I need some, some speech things from Stephen to get through this. <laughs> Bell told Rhodes later in life, he wished he thought of, he thought of uh, some of Richard Rhodes' design ideas. Or D, Rhodes died while actually on it. That's an interesting uh, possibility of D, uh, but um, I don't know. That's a little far-fetched. I, I sort of like the idea of A, so I'm going to try A, just because Edison uh, was very proud of his inventions. So we'll give that a whirl. So what you're saying you're going with Edison? Edison and A, final answer. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well... Oh. I'm afraid you get a black mark and a black mark. <laughs> even though Edison was a son of a bitch and was he incredibly was. litigious. Uh, he was, yes. He thought that was it too. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, no, no. But now we have a steal opportunity. So, Joyce, can you kindly wow. uh, okay. uh, die? 
He only sued him seven times. That was a one. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Stephen Dittmeyer, uh, you get to steal or try mm -hmm. to steal this question. Come on, Stephen. You can do it. Uh, I think it's number, was it number, which one was the Graham Bell, the number three? Alexander, uh, C, three. Alexander C, Graham yeah. Bell told him later in life that he wished he thought of. Something. Yes, I'm going with that. Final answer? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry that just doesn't ring a bell. No, <laughs> not the correct answer. Oh, Stephen. Oh, I should we? Vicky. Okay. All right. Wow. It's a 50 wow. 50. Okay. Yeah. Either he died on the phone or. It's shaped like or, a fan. Oh, shaped like a fan. <laughs> yeah. Shaped like a fan died on the phone. <laughs> that ought to be a play. Yeah. It really should be. <laughs> I guess I'll say it's shaped like a fan. He died on the throne. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's shaped like a fan. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a 50. It's a. It's one of these. Remember, which yeah. of these is true? Which of these is true? True. Shaped like a fan. Is that your final answer, Vicky? Sure. But I really want that he died on the phone. <laughs> you do. So. I really wanted that. Uh, okay. Oh, gosh. Well, Vicky, I am not only a, a friend of yours, an acquaintance friend of yours, I'm also a fan. Because you're getting two points. Oh, boy. Okay. It was. Okay. So here's the deal. This is the whole thing. I, I, I specifically... It's the audiphone. The audiphone is not a telephone. The audiphone is a device for deaf people oh. to be able to hear through frequencies through their teeth and through like the, the bones in their face. Oh, okay. For people who have a certain kind of deafness, it increases wow. their ability by like 20% wow. to actually hear. Huh. Um, so, uh, and, and Rhodes had conductive hearing loss uh, and he did die, but he died when he was walking on railroad tracks, Whoa. which is kind of my right. I just didn't hear the train. Not too good either. <laughs> no. Not too smart. I felt the vibrations. Probably. Well, he didn't. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Too heavy shoes or, or something. It could have been intentional. We don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, but the thing was, the, the amazing thing, he, he, he built it, a later edition of it, to be like a fan so that people could wear it and make believe it was a fan and not ah. have people see oh oh, oh it's a hearing aid with a device and it's oh, interesting wow. yeah. yeah but you're also saying that bell didn't uh well bell must have known him and well, and talked with him i'm sure i was saying i i thought uh i i would have bet that it was the one i picked uh, with graham bell yeah but it's not, it's yeah. Like, it was a, a whole different thing it was a you know a mouth mm -hmm. teeth device so we have a tie game okay. we have vicky and ronald tied with two Steven, Steven, you're gonna do it now come on because the <laughs> question now goes directly to you you get first crack so are you ready sure <laughs> what are you doing give me a theater <laughs> That's what a chicken does when they're ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, when the egg does when it's ready, it's got to be. But you know, I don't know what that means. Anyway, here we go. The year was 1865. Okay. So oh, yeah. 1865 on this date. Emma Magdalena Rosalia Maria Josefa Borbalia Orsi del Orsi, yes, is born today. She's better known as Baroness Orsi, creator of the Scarlet Pimpernel. 
her hit play and 1905 novel tell of a wealthy fop whose quick thinking saves aristocrats from the guillotine. Um, The story's been retold many times, and she herself penned several sequels. Which of these was not one of them? Good question. A, El Dorado. B, Sir Percy leads the band. (laughs) C, 20 years after. Or D, Mamzelle Guillotine. Woman, this was not a sequel by Baroness Orsi to her book and play, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Can you repeat them one more time, please? Absolutely. El Dorado, B, Sir Percy leads the band, C, 20 years after, D, Mademoiselle Guillotine. I'm going to go with uh, 20 years after, C. Any particular reason? Yeah, just the sound of the other sound like the, what she would write, but 20 years after sounds too pat. I don't know, too clean. Too modern. Yeah, too modern. Final answer. Yes. Well, you're on the board, Stephen, with two oh, things. Wow. Well Couldn't fit there. Stephen, well done. Actually, amazingly enough, 20 years after was the name of a sequel to The Three Musketeers by oh. Alessandro Dumas, but it was not uh-huh. um, And the last one, Mamsel Guillotine, was written all the way in 1940, and Orsi dedicated it to the mm-hmm. fighters in World War II. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. But, but first of all, I, I could not be happy. I could not be more thrilled. Potato could not be more delighted. I'm <laughs> going into round two of our Today Yesterday quiz. This is so wonderful. Okay. so delighted. <laughs> so everything's up in the air. Everything can change. And we do have one tiebreaker question, which we end up doing no matter what. So here we go. Here we go. Now we go back to Vicky with this question. And Vicky, I kind of apologize because this, it, no, no, it's not, a spe- but it's just to fill in the blank. It's not a uh, oh, okay. choice. Oh, okay. Fill in the blank. Okay. I don't know. I got my pen ready. Yeah, right. The year was 1889. Okay. Fusajiro Yamauchi founds a company to market his idea, Hanafuda, a card game. Over the years, the game was banned, and some, uh, sometimes because it encouraged gambling and organized crime. Wow. But Hanafuda still exists, as does the company Yamauchi created to market it and other games. Mm-hmm. What company? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, just, I, I thought of those Tamaguchis, those little... Those oh, little the Tamagotchi yeah, things. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. To keep them alive. We had a real dog, a real honest-to-God dog. Yeah. And yet, instead of paying attention to the dog, one weekend when my kids were out of town, I had to keep their Tamaguchis alive. And there I was playing, keeping the dog Oh no, just hold on, sweetie. Hold on, I'll get to you in a second. You know, Man. <laughs> so stupid. Um, the name of the company is now that's interesting. It, is it a company in Japan? A um, game show company in Japan? I will, or is it here? I, I will. Well, hmm. I will, you don't have to. I'm just thinking out loud. It is a cool. game show company. A game. Um, let me. Re- I'm sorry. Re- let me read this question again. Oh, okay. So the year was 1889. Fusajiro Yamauchi 
founds this company to market his idea, Hanafuda, a card game. card game. Over the years, the game was banned sometimes because it encouraged gambling and organized crime. But Hanafuda still exists, as does the company Yamauchi created to market it and other games. What mm -hmm. company? No idea. None. Mattel. Because <laughs> I have no idea. And is that your... Sure, why not? <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but that is not the correct answer. Of course it's not. <laughs> Joyce is rolling a die. Three. Oh my gosh. Ronaldo. Three, three. It's you, Ronaldo. Okay. So, Ronald. Well, it's interesting because I'm trying to think of card games that are done today uh, that have to do with gambling. And the only one that I can think of, of course, which I played numerous times would have to be Monopoly, but it had to be a variation of that. But maybe it was translated into English. I don't know. So I'll have to go with that. That's the only one I can think of. Well, the company, had, like Parker Brothers oh, or something. Oh, yeah. you're thinking of the company name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the company name. So you said Mattel, is that right? No. Yeah, and it's wrong. Yeah, and it's wrong. Yeah. So, uh, so it would have to be oh, company name of of um, that that's still putting out games and cards. Is that right? And there, and so it's all over. It's all over still today. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So, gosh, that's a good one to stump us with. Thank you. <laughs> You're well, so good. Question, so, yeah. What more could we ask for uh, to get stumped on a Saturday? Um, let's see, uh, gosh, oh, um, okay, I, oh, uh, yeah. Um, a card game that, and it's created a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time ago, but it's still around today. Because it was gambling. Right. Yeah. Still, the company's still around. The company is still around. Card games. Well, it's funny, um, I would probably go with the name of the company that created Barbie, but I can't. But you're well, that's, but that's, that's Mattel. Yeah. Oh, so that's the one that sticks around in our minds today. Um, but it has to be uh, some other company. Well, it could be Parker you know, Brothers. I mean, but you know, that sounds very English more than it sounds very English. Yeah. But that um, doesn't mean this guy just because he has a Japanese sounding name is that right. it's a Japanese company. I'll try. I'll try your idea since one isn't coming to my mind. I'll give that one. Okay, let's try that. Dave, let's see what happens. Oh, Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. Is that your well, final answer? Final answer. Thank you. We'll give it a whirl <laughs> and play the game. Well, I'm afraid uh, this is a no parkering zone here on in the neighborhood. That is not going to be the right answer. You know, you know games. Yeah, we, game cards. Yeah, they invented in '89. Come on now. '1889. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Well, um, yeah. It's probably an online game. It's probably a company that does. Yeah, Hasbro yeah. or something that we don't think of. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, this is this is your question now. It's for you, Stephen. We're just helping I'm you. I'm going to be fast. I'm going to go with his last name, Yamaguchi. Oh. Is that Yamaguchi. your final answer? Yes. Is that a company? Maybe. Could be. Final answer? Yes. Well, I'm afraid that's a yama ouchie. <laughs> the panel that is not. What is it? You're gonna kill, you're gonna, I'm gonna read the question again and give you 
Fusajiro Yamauchi founds a company to market his idea of his card game, Hanafuda. Hanafuda is still around. This company is still around, but it makes very different kinds of games nowadays. And the company is Nintendo. Oh, oh Nintendo. Uh, it is an online thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. My kids are going to kill me when they learn yeah. I missed this. It's a big one. <laughs> I can do a multiple choice because they would have been too... You know, too obvious. So I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry that nobody got that one. We still Stop have a good way tie game with Ronald <laughs> up next. Oh. The question. So you can take the lead here if you get this okay. multiple choice. Sure. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, the year was 1920. Are you okay? The year was 1920. My wife just tripped over something and. and oh, is she okay? Oh, so, no, there's blood everywhere, but I'll, I'll deal with it. Thank you. Um, the year was 1920. Kidding. 1920. Born today in Brooklyn is Joseph Yule Jr., who, as Mickey Rooney, enjoyed an eight-decade career in Hollywood and on stage. But which of these is false about Mickey Rooney? Oh, okay. A, an art museum in East Los Angeles is named after him. B, he was Norman Lear's first choice to play Archie Bunker. C, he played the father in a TV sitcom where his two sons were played by Dana Carvey and Nathan Lane. Mm. Or D, he's the only actor in history to go on a promotional tour for a film he wasn't in. Mm. One of these is not true. One of these is false. Wow. Only one is false. So three are true. That is correct. Three are wow. True. And you want the one that's false, right? I do, Ron. Okay. Would you mind repeating them one more time? I absolutely would. So, <laughs> Helen, this is about Joseph Yule Jr., a.k.a. Mickey Rooney, which is yeah. not true. A, an art museum in East Los Angeles is named after him. B, uh -huh. he was Norman Lear's first choice to play Archie Bunker. C, he played the father in a TV sitcom where his two sons were played by Dana Carvey and Nathan Lane. Or D, he's the only actor in history to go on a promotional tour for a film he was not in. Well, I wouldn't be surprised by A and D, and, um, but I, I'm trying to remember because I did read something about who was uh, Norman's first choice for All in the Family, but I don't think it was Mickey Rooney. So I have to go with B. That's what strikes out. You're saying it is not true. That it's not true. Rooney. I think it's someone else, if memory serves me, which, of course, God, where's my memory when I do that? Okay. Where's Dream? She can play everything. Okay. Well, I hate to say this, but you meathead. I'm afraid. Not, no, just kidding. That is um, not the right answer. Uh, oh, he really? was the first choice. Uh, they, oh, interesting. He turned out really? I'll be hanging everywhere. He's a bigot. He's a, he's a terrible guy. I, I don't want to yeah, but Mickey interesting. Okay. Okay. So we have a steel opportunity. My why wife, didn't he take it then? Or why didn't no, he do it? He didn't. He, he, Mickey really didn't want it because he didn't want to be hated. Hated by the people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. Okay. And who could do better than Carol O'Connor? You know, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, he was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's say I rolled a, a five, which is not anything for anybody. I just rolled that on the, this. A three. Ron, is that yours again? That's mine. Yeah, I already went. Pick the right number. <laughs> Four. 
this sometimes goes on a while. There's a yeah. again. Uh, ooh, ooh, six. Oh, oh, it's me. Yes. I I would have guessed that he was not the first. That would have been my answer. Um, okay, so he was on a promotional tour for a movie he had nothing to do with. He was uh, the father of a sitcom with Dana Carvey and Nathan Lane. That sounds very bizarre, but possible. And what's the first one? Uh, a is an art museum in East oh, yeah. Los Angeles is named after him. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to say there's no art museum named after him. Is that Total yes. Yeah. Just guessing. Final answer? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> well, you are a portrait perfectly painted, Vicky, because that is the correct Oh, it is. Oh, oh good. Okay. Excellent. Well in the lead. <laughs> would you believe? The, not would you believe? But there is an art museum in uh, Los Angeles named for Vincent Price. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh -huh. I can believe that. That makes. I mean, it does yeah. make sense. But yeah, yeah, he was an artist. But know. I think I actually remember seeing something about that sitcom. But it's amazing that Nathan Lane and Dana Carvey were in a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that run? Hmm. There were two, the two sons of the Mickey Rooney character. I, I tried watching a little bit of it. It was like, it's 1982, you know, mm. uh, sitcom. Wow. Nathan Lane didn't get to be Nathan Lane, you know, in this show, unfortunately. Yeah. It was all about Mickey. Um, mm -hmm. Of course. And, and you know the film that Mickey Rooney promoted, even though he, <clears throat> he wasn't in it. He went on tour promoting this movie. Mm hmm Interesting. As kind Something of a, a Judy Garland friendship thing, a Judy Garland thing. No, uh, it was. What was the movie? Something, was it um, the Star Is Born? No, no, he helped to promote the Wizard of Oz. Oh, the Wizard of Oz. Then, oh, oh. Makes, yeah. also makes sense in retro when you think about it. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, like, it was still close with Judy Garland. Sure. sure. And supposedly, when Mickey Rooney died, his estate—I mean, not that this is impoverished—but he was worth eighteen thousand dollars total. Wow. All his assets no, no, no. Elvis was only worth like $3 million or something at his death. Elvis had a very small estate. I, I could, $3 million, I would take it. Eight, yeah, eight, but, eight, but, but it's but, Elvis Presley. And, and, you know, the family and everybody, the, the you know, they all Rooney built that up now. Bankruptcy a couple of times. And he was, he went before Congress a few years before he died to say, you know, my my wife is abusing me. My kids are abusing me. They take my money. They, 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 they mm. not a happy Poor thing. Wow. Anyway. But he brought a lot of joy to the world. That's he for did. sure. He and sure. he still does. Yeah. Now here's the deal. Uh, I am overjoyed to see our beloved Vicky in front. Not that I'm, I'm, not <laughs> but Stephen could tie it up right now. Come on, Stephen. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, Stephen. This question goes to you. If you get it right, you tie the game. That's right. And uh, we have a If you get wrong, anything can still happen. So here's the deal. The year was 1927, a decade before she gained lasting fame by star. Wow. Who knew? I'm, you're going to not believe this, Vicky. A decade before she gained lasting fame by starring in the original A Star is Born, um, for which she was Oscar nominated, Janet Gaynor won a Best Actress Oscar for appearing in not one, but three films. Which of these was not one of those silent movies? A, Street Angel, B, Seventh Heaven, 
C, a girl in every port, or D, sunrise, a song of two humans. One last time, please. Wow. Okay, uh, yeah, here we go. You, I can read Wait. as many times as you like. Yeah. Which don't keep repeating them after me because then we'll never. No, it's just, just kidding. I think which one she was not in. Yeah, which of these she was not in and was not an os part of her three tiered Oscar that year? A. Street Angel. B. Seventh Heaven. C. A Girl in Every Port. Or D. Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. Well, they all sound like they're part of some. So yeah. sequel <laughs> thing, you know, how does it start? <laughs> right. Ba boom boom. <laughs> With B. You're saying B uh, is not one of the, the three. Right. Wow. You, you, well, you just went out of focus. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Huh. I wonder why. And what was B? Yeah, just get this one. There you go. Interesting. Yep. Uh, B okay. was seventh heaven. Oh, seventh heaven. Oh, oh there you are. Perfect. Oh, crystal clear. Seventh heaven. Okay. So you're saying seventh heaven was not the, one of the movies that Janet Keener. Final answer. Steve. Final answer. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid that answer is hellish, Stephen, because Janet <laughs> was in fact in and nominated for, or not, I'm sorry, she won for seventh heaven and two of these other. Films. Oh, so we wow. all in the same year or no? There were. I was, no, it couldn't have been the same year. Awesome. The Oscars of 1928. So, or. Uh, she was a busy uh, actor. Well, they were making like 10, 12, 15 movies a year, some of those actors. It's crazy. Yeah. So here's the deal I just spin rolled a three. So, that's Ronald. Oh, that's me. Okay. Oh, Come on, Ronald. You can steal this. <laughs> Say, say the names of the movies one more time, please. So we have A, Street Angel, C, A Girl in Every Port, or D, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. It, it just strikes me that D just sounds so bizarre. I, I just doesn't sound like something from the 20s, but I don't know, maybe I'm uh, out of this world, but... Uh, I'll have to go with D. It just sounds very unusual for the 1920s. Is that your final That's answer? my final answer. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Sunrise, your sunsets, because that's oh. not the right <laughs> Sunrise, sunset, oh, sunrise is actually- That was movie. the name of the movie in the 20s, huh? It's one of the great, it's actually one of the great uh, last silent films by F.W. Murnau. What? Well, we actually, we, well, I had to, you were, um, I made you tea, big boy. But remember when we saw Sunrise? They showed that, uh, big boy. UNC. There you go. We heard that. So, uh, here's the deal we have a steal opportunity wow. now from Vicky. So, Vicky, uh, well, it doesn't actually, Vicky won the game. I've already won, but I want to try to answer this. Yeah. So, yeah. it's Street Angel, three or Street, street Angel. Or a girl in, in every port. A girl in every port. Aren't those the names hmm. of diagram trees? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, the yin and the yang yeah, there, isn't it? Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um Street <laughs> okay. Angel or a girl in MSA Street Angel. Is that your final answer? Yes. 
Now, Vicky, I know angels, you playing a nun a lot would be the thing, but ah, I stumped the panel uh, again. It's <laughs> the other one, A Girl in Every Port, huh? A Girl in Every Port was a Howard Hawks comedy with Louise Brooks. Oh. oh. Era. Uh, the other two, two of those films were directed by Frank Borzage and Murnau did Sunrise, which you have to, you have to see Sunrise. This is huh. incredibly weird because it, it starts in German expressionism, then it turns into romantic Tell comedy, then it's a thriller. So David's teaching a oh, film course. That sounds good. That's why you're getting the education of film. If you'd like to know the history of color in film, David yeah. can on that for two and a half hours. I love that, I love all that. I can't get yeah. So, so here's the deal, here's the deal. Congratulations to Vicky. Yay. She has won the game, but, but. Very good. <laughs> In our remaining that minutes, is rare too. We're, we're going to do the final question, and when we do a tiebreaker, whether or not we need to, we have to get a piece of paper. So please, Stephen, get yourself yeah. something to write on and something to write with. Uh -huh. While he does that, um, so Vicky, what shows are you doing this weekend? Well, this weekend we're doing late night catechism and Bible bingo, but I'm getting ready to do Holy Ghost bingo. Um, uh, in October for the Halloween, right. uh, and I'm getting ready to do some traveling. I'm going out to the West Coast mm. and doing uh, my game show, Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun? Um, mm. And then I'm doing four performances of Holy Ghost Bingo at a small theater in the LA area. So. Wow. So uh, if people want to find out more about where you're doing, what you're doing, you keep your website up, nunsforfun.com. Nunsforfun.com, N-U-N-S, the number four, fun.com, which I do have to now update, so. Oh, we'll do it after the show. And don't forget, you can also buy, I never remember to do this, but but uh, Vicky's written a book. Oh, my book. I used to keep it over here. Uh, it's over here somewhere. Are you smarter than your eighth grade nun? No. No, 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 no. The name Close of the Encounters book. of a Chicago Kind. It's about Chicago. Close Encounters of a Chicago Kind. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's over here somewhere. It's over there somewhere. So get a copy of Vicky's book. You can do that through her website too. Now, I'll do more of the, the wrap up bio of uh, Stephen and, and after the question. I'll do more okay. Of the <laughs> here's the question. So the, the tiebreaker question here's the deal. The reason we do it this way is a, it's a fill in the blank, it's not a multiple choice. All of you it's guys. It's like Jeopardy. It's right. like just telling Exactly me. like Jeopardy. You write down the answer. And you don't say it or anything. And then when I give a countdown, I'll read the question again. I'll go three, or, two, one, and you one. And we'll show it. You can also plug an upcoming event or something you project or something you wish to share with them. Yeah. So if you don't know the answer and you have nothing to fill in, you know, um, Stephen, if you if you absolutely don't want to guess or or you can write down Bettinger's luggage. Yes. You know, Ronald, you can write down the name of of. Well, do you have a title for the play you're working on yet? Can, can, or no? Not yet, no, but I have the name of the uh, person. Her name is Nancy. So uh, at least I know what her name is. <laughs> so I'm there a song, Nancy with a Laughing Face? There you go. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a stretch. <laughs> well, the face Thank is laughing. So anyway, here we go. Here, here's the question, our tiebreaker question for this Saturday, September 23rd, for our Today Yesterday quiz. The year was 1899. Born today in Russia is this sculptor known for her giant outdoor pieces and black and or white painted wooden sculptures, including Sky Cathedral. 
Can you name this artist? Mm. Yeah. No, Tricky is a rapper. Oh, I know that. 1902? 1899. Right, four. Born in Russia, yes. which doesn't mean anything. That could be, um, that's just a. No. Born in Russia. On this day. On this day. Famous for her sculptures. Correct. And black and white wooden pieces. Right. I, mean, I will also add lithographs too, but not really famous mm -hmm. as much for that. Okay. okay. Sounds interesting. Hope you froze, Ronald. Yeah, we can't. Ronald, oh, there you are. Hear you. There you go. Oh, you're back. You're back. Okay. Okay. So you know something, even if you don't, I think you know the answer. Uh, Vicky, did you write anything yet? Or, oh, no. no. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I should know this, but I don't. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, when I say the name, you'll be, oh. You know. Oh, her. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, her. Oh. <laughs> but we know it's not George O'Keefe. So, you know. That's what is true. But yeah. you said a sculptor. Somebody's quick yeah. erasing it. Not George O'Keefe. Also, artists sometimes take stage names, right? So it's common. Thing. I'm trying to remember the name of the Polish artist now. It's, there's a woman, and she did legs in Chicago. So there's a whole, it's really wonderful. There, It's a whole bunch of legs. It's just from the, really, just legs. Of people like. walking. Um, she just died. She was born in Poland, though. She I just died like within the last ten years or so. <laughs> but her work is really interesting. But yeah. it's not that because I thought, oh no, she's born in Poland. Actually, I took uh, movies of that sculpture, and I just love the footage. Okay. Anyway, um, do we all have answers of some sort? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like your, your surrealist background, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Minimalist. Our, our, uh, the hero, Melvin G. Mintz, local politician. As well. Oh, He's, well, okay. Oh, around this time of year, we also keep a little bit of a Cherebi. Because you never know. Very nice. <laughs> because he is Very a good. artist from Russia. There he is, yeah. There he is, that's it. Shaved his legs and then he was a sheep. He's like, hey, we're taking these legs on a walk on the wild side. Anyway, all right, we have, I'm going to read the question one more time. The year was 1899. Born today in Russia is this sculptor or sculptress, you might say. No, no. no sculptor. Known for her giant outdoor pieces and black and, and or white painted wooden sculptures, including Sky Cathedral. Lithographs too. Can you name this artist? Three, two, one. Hold him up to the camera. Oh, I can't see it. I see Georgia, Georgia Bettinger. <laughs> Georgia Bettinger. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and here's and here is nunsforfun.com. Nunsforfun.com. <laughs> Ronald Rand. Louise uh, Nevelson. Uh, Vicky's already won the game, but Ronald, it's Louise Nevelson. You got it. Oh, yes. Ronald, excellent. Yeah. Well, she was well, like Leia, it was a Russian email. Well, she was one of the greatest of all time. Um, Edward Albee wrote a play about her. Yes, the Oculus. Um, 
Yeah, very beautiful play. And also, um, I know I, a very dear friend of mine actually has a Louise Nevelson in her apartment. Wow. Which is pretty cool, you know, I see it every time I go. So what I is, grew it? Up, is it a piece of sculpture? Is it a lithograph? It's a piece of black sculpture right on the wall made out of wood. So it's very wow. special. And uh, my mother was an art teacher and I, I paint every day of my life and I've been painting ever since I was born. So I should know some painters. Yeah. So my That's great. Is asking, Ron, when, for, when is she going on vacation yes. and where, where's her apartment exactly? <laughs> I haven't the slightest, remotest <laughs> idea. Somehow it slipped out of my mind. I don't know why. Georgia <laughs> O'Keefe and saying Georgia Bettinger because the lead character is George Bettinger. So well, I was, there you go. Perfect. Well, this is a perfect lead in to remind people to go see in New York at the AMT, Al, whatever's middle name is, Tapper Theater, the AMT Theater over at 354 West 45th Street. Um, the play that is directed by Stephen Dittmeyer is called Bettinger's Luggage, and it's running oh. now through October 26th. Uh, do you know what the ticket outlet is, um, Steve? I don't have this. Is it? Go to. Um, uh... Uh, amttheater.org spelled er theater er yeah amttheater.er uh theater spelled er.org yeah how many seats are in that theater the beautiful it used to be the davenport and primary stages used it years ago and uh so a uh, million dollars has been put into it it's a gorgeous mm -hmm. new 99 seat off broadway theater oh, it's perfect yeah perfect it's size. just under so it's like well 99 it, are you on off Broadway or off Off Broadway contract in '99? Off Broadway. Off Broadway contract. Wow, nice. So you're paying the 14 actors? Yes, and Al is a rich man. <laughs> Wait, so yeah. the challenges is, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Challenges is, is this is literally he wrote a Broadway show that we're putting into a 99 seat theater. 14 actors, 20. Roles, fifty-seven costume changes. Oh my God! Incredible! Wow. And the most incredible creative team. The costumer is um, designer, so she works in film and TV. She does marvelous Miss Ma marvelous Miss Maisel, all kinds of things. It's incredible. It's really, it's literally a huge show that we've put into a small space. Wow! So yeah, and and oh, Rabbi Hall is just upset that he wasn't cast as Georgia Bettinger. I, it, it, <laughs> He loved talking to, but still. Now, Ron Rand, just remind us one more time again. Like, what is a, we can we can buy your books, which are well, you can certainly go online to Amazon and and uh, Sunbury Press to get solo transformations to stage and and create and Acting Teachers of America. My third book is also on Amazon, and you can visit uh, my newspaper, The Soul of the American Actor, at soulamericanactor.com. It's now my 24th year that I've been publishing the newspaper online and in print. And uh, also my uh, play, my solo play I've been doing for 23 years around the world. I brought it to 26 countries and that's at letitbeart.com. And, and I was awarded my second uh, Fulbright uh, by the U.S. State Department as a Fulbright specialist. So right now right. I'm uh, going to, uh, I'm working on my newest country that I'm going to be traveling to with my show, Let It Be Art. So it's been pretty incredible bringing Harold Clerman around the world for 24 years. You know, it'll be coming my, my 24th year upcoming. So now, now, Ron, we're losing a little bit of your audio, but I want to ask this real quick. Since, since we sure. have this opportunity, 
What do you what do you think in terms of since you've studied all this of Meisner and Meisner technique? Well, I mean, Sandy uh, was a very, very close friend of Stella, and Stella Adler was my teacher for five and a half years. And uh, when I wrote the play about the group theater, which I worked on for 20 years, of course, I studied everything about Sandy. And I met Sandy at the neighborhood playhouse and uh, talked with him, of course, as I did. I studied with Bobby Lewis and, of course, Harold Clerman I studied with. And so I got to become very good friends with Phoebe Brand and Morris Karnofsky. And I've also written the screenplay for the first film about the group theater. So I know a lot about Sandy and the group uh, since it's been part of my life. And, and, the, and uh, my film, uh, Group Paris, I'm uh, getting closer to getting to the big screen. So we'll get it there. What was it called? Yes, thank you. It's it called, called Group Paradise. It's about the first summer uh, of the group theater. And it's pretty extraordinary because you're taken inside the whole world of the group theater and when they began, of course. But uh, I also have an added, uh, um, I don't, I don't want to give away, give it away, but I have an added surprise about how you get to the group theater. So you'll find out when Group Paradise comes out. Well, yeah. <laughs> these are all guys, my- It has been absolutely delightful. It's so much fun. First of all, to welcome to our, to the neighborhood, our brand new friend of the neighborhood, Stephen Dittmeyer. I want to thank you for joining us and talking to Rabbi Solomon playing the game. Thanking you uh, also, Vicky Quadi, our beloved Vicky, and thanking you, Ronald. We, we love all you guys. Please, all of you, come back uh, as soon as we start doing some quizzes uh, <laughs> here and there. I have a wonderful. None of you. Oh my, wait, Ron, are you Jewish? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Happy, well, happy well, New well, Year. Yes. You, you do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the rest of you just take a month. Have a good. Meeting. I'm poured for. 0.4%, don't forget that. Well, there you go. I think we all are everything. We're all one people. <laughs> I'm, I'm three quarters Nazi, go figure. Three quarters is 75%. Oh, wait, 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 everyone. No, 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 wait, everyone oh, look 75%. and smile. So I'm gonna get a picture. All right, you ready? Um, yeah. <laughs> now give a second, one more second, just in case someone blinked, I'll do a, a second one. Uh, let's get okay. One, two, three. Smile. All right, good. I'm gonna. I send Thank that to you. Dave, and when he, and he'll use it when he uh, posts the video of from. And this. when I blackmail all you guys, and, and <laughs> sounds like fun. Have a yeah. Everybody blow kisses so that we can let you go one by one. This is okay. Thank you too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. And. Ron, have a great one too. It just takes so Thank much. you. You yeah. too. Oh. I'll just stay here all <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, all righty. It is just about 11 o'clock in the morning here in the neighborhood. You're watching the 912th episode of the Dave's Gone by Facebook, your podcast, your programmio of the street. You know, I don't do the quiz for a couple of weeks. It's really fun. And I, I feel like revivified by, by, I don't know if I'll do it again next week, but I'm. Um, it was really cool to do this week, and so great to have those most delightful, charming, fun, funny people. Yay! Oh, I feel so good. So we still have more to do on the show, though. We have our Colorado Limerick of the Dam coming up. We also have Grilly Crime, well, Grilly Times, forgive me. Uh, let, let's talk about the fridge, because I also want to talk about, which I didn't, in my, although you did. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that if there's time, or maybe I'll save it for, for next week. But um, so I'm not sure if there's all that much funny to talk about, but our refrigerator, and I do I have a good relationship. I'll go get the picture. Maybe that'll be funny. Where I shoot it in the water. Turn off the water. Oh, yeah, oh yes, right. You put it on a, a, a thing for me. <laughs> Please, thank you very much. I think that'll so we've had jocularity for all you mash people. Um, so from the almost the second third week we moved into this house, which has you know is really well maintained, has a pretty new-ish fixtures and features and and um, not furniture but uh, like appliances, right? And part of the the kitchen looked really great and new and, and these high quality high level appliances. Including this refrigerator, and I'll say the name Samsung, Samsung, which makes really good TVs. We're knock wood, knock wood, not really happy with our Samsung TV, uh, and, and pretty happy with our Samsung phones too. But this fridge and I do not get along. So we, um, and so we know. First of all, we have trouble. Thank you. We have trouble with the ice maker right from the very beginning. It's, it's like. Mm, well, now we know it was recalled. Yeah, who knew? Can I have mm. your phone, honey? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, the ice maker half works, stops working, gets you know, we get a, buzzer, nothing. It, it sounds like it's going to work, but it's the engine just going. Oh, you just gotta, fuck you! I'm not making ice. Safeway for a free taquito. Really? Yeah, Safeway just said you can get a free taquito. I'm down. I'm down. Uh, so. Anyway, we, we're so I'm I'm not happy with and I don't mind doing the old-fashioned ice cube things, but you, but you get spoiled. Like we want oh I want an ice cube for my drink. Just hit a button now it comes and and this worked for a week or two or three. Then you reset and you have to pull the thing out. You've got to kind of defrost the the thing when the ice goes come back in. Well, pain in the ass. And then also it's got a filter for the water making the ice in in the fridge. And that filters, you know, you, you figure, oh, the fridge is working fine, and then you get a warning light that, oh, filter's dirty, time to change them. And to turn and twist the filter, you almost break your wrist. You finally get it out, you pull it, you pull it back in with a new one. You know, it, it's not in properly, you can't turn it. You, it it's just this, this nightmare. But the fridge itself has worked really, really well for the year we had been living here. And then last week, at some point, I, I, I come down and... Like the numbers, because it's one of these fucking appliances that beeps and has you everything so electronic. For an appliance. Because you know what? In the in the back in the day, it was a you open it, it you had but a the dial. Thing that broke was not electronic. No, no, but I think if they would just concentrate on here's a box that keeps things cold. You could get one of those. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, like, you know, this 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 fridge. Let's just get something with a oh one to seven. Well, let's put it on six. You know, it's got a freezer. Boom. You know, although you still have to probably defrost those yeah. things. So, so, but and I noticed that it's now flashing like a, a forty-four or something like our thirty-seven thing. I'm like, what the hell is? I open the fridge and it's cool in there. This your form of therapy. It is. Okay. Why do you think I do this? <laughs> so I open the fridge, and, and it hasn't turned like a closet, like, you know, because I've, there was one time, I'll tell this story very quickly, when, oh, this is, this is so terrible. When I was in 
sharing an apartment in New York with Darryl. my my yeah with my friend at the time, and with sort of his permission, I said I told like because I was filming. Oh no! I was starring starring in a short NYU film. And I said, oh, can you come to the scene in my, my apartment? <laughs> and so I, you know, I should have realized in film school, it even, it's not that it was a, a sound film, 16 millimeter, <coughs> you know, part of our senior project thing. And, and my friend Phil wanted me to star in it. And so I said, oh, you know, what, 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 are you trying to find a location? Just come to the apartment, Did film it here. have hair? Oh, yeah, back then. Oh. Back and so they're in there, and they're setting up equipment, and it's just five lights and this and sound, and it's taking forever, and they're tromping around. I mean, they cleaned up after, but it, it's it's a lot. Even yeah, yeah. and this small little one-bedroom apartment converted into a two when I was living there. And uh, in order for not to short-circuit the building, because this was an old apartment on Carmine Street, a walk-up uh, on Carmine Street in Greenwich Village where, you know, you had to be very careful. We couldn't even run two air conditioners at the same time because we would blow the building. This, is not this was New York. So we had to, like, work mostly without AC. Like, every time they, because all these cameras, you know, all this equipment, the line was plugged in, plugged in, plugged in. So at one point, to have enough energy not to blow the building, they unplugged the fridge. And nobody ever plugged it back in. Oh. So we, we stopped shooting on like a Friday. Oh no, and you went home for the weekend? Went home for the weekend. And oh, we come back no. in. Oh no! Oh, yucky town. was like, what? Oh my god. <laughs> I and, would think somebody died in your building, yeah. And the worst part, of course, is that my former, the friend of mine at that point, yeah. uh, his his family was very nice. They, they would stock the fridge. You know, his mom would buy all these groceries oh, that we could, yeah. we could keep in there. So the fridge was stuck with groceries. <laughs> Meat. <laughs> It's not like a, a Chinese food takeout, and the school. And the neighbors were starting to complain that someone died in our apartment. <laughs> this is a true story. True, the, the neighbors were like, and we were like, "Oh, oh what happened in there?" And and Scott was like, "Dave, did, did you unplug the fridge for any reason?" And I just turned like, I went like, "No." Green, blue, gold, red, and I was like, "Yeah, we were filming, and we forgot that. Oops, you know." And we had to like muck out the, you know, throw away. All this stuff in the fridge, which was, I mean, our fridge did not get really stinky because it never got really warm. Yeah, yeah. That fridge, the, it was the, the weekend, meat, yeah. yeah, the meat just turned into. You're lucky you didn't have maggot city. We, well, it, it was everything was wrapped. Yeah, but still, but they still, could have flown in if someone could have gotten that fridge. Yeah, well, thank God the fridge well, was open. Your neighbors are going to call the police and say someone died right. in the apartment. That's bad. <laughs> that's yeah. I want to tell you that's really bad. So we were spared that, and yet our fridge was trying to tell us. I messed up. I can't get to the low temperature that a fridge should be. So uh, you know, I'm going up to like the forties. Yeah, and the freezer. It was like the the ice, the water in the ice trays was cold, and semi half frozen, but not frozen. So I was like, this this is a clusterfuck. So so you know, calling, getting someone on the phone for this company that Samsung recommends to use for the legitimate or whatever called licensed things to fix yeah. Samsung refrigerators and things. And again, and this woman is so fucking pissy with me. And I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, you know, I'm just calling. I, uh, 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 there's no reason to be, be like this. 
I mean, she actually, she, she got much better. Did she you got tell better. her about your prior uh, story about the prior... I'm pretty sure I know. Or that story, yeah. that would have made her feel And I couldn't be all that whatever, because our fridge is no, you know, this is a fridge from 2016, yeah. so warranty gone. Okay, this yeah, is not yeah, like a thing yeah. where it's under... So, but but she also, she's telling me, well, yeah, we can, we can get to you in, like, October 12th. And it's like, excuse me, I mean, we, we have had food in this fridge, we have to eat for three weeks, are you saying the earliest that you can fix a refrigerator is in three weeks, and she, she gets all, all pissed, I'm like, you know, we work, you know, someone has to, we have, somebody has to let you in, and I can't, I don't have the kind of job um, where I'm just going to take half the day off from teaching to, what was this? Oh, oh this is we so sad. We can go to the bagel place and get more today. Yeah, but they won't have all of these. But we, yeah, but we can keep them outside. You we, have to, we don't it, need to keep them in the fridge anymore because they keep them We're outside. not going to. No, we can we're keep them in a little container, yeah. special we're, container. Because we, I had in a bag in the fridge, I've been collecting <laughs> the Heinz ketchup. the word is collecting. Yes. Yeah, they're the ones I, I you ate. You basically had Minnesota and New Jersey. No, who's we had there? Delaware. Who's there? Can you, all right. Idaho. Delaware, Colorado, California, we had Kansas, Oklahoma, Wyoming, uh, Nebraska, Georgia, New Hampshire, New Jersey, yes, a lot of, we had a lot of Idaho's, North Dakota. So Heinz has been having this promotion where they have the, the packets or have a different state listed on each of them. Uh, and, but they're not all that, you, you can't just go into a fast food place and all 52 states are there. It's like a collect them all I think thing. they release them at certain times. Right. And a couple of them were, were colored white. They're, they're not on this yeah, one, but no. Wisconsin was white. Man. Why? I don't know. Different packaging. I don't know. Maybe they ran out of red well, dye. What you need to do is go on Twitter and just tweet Heinz and say you had them. I'm going to go on eBay and buy no, them. No, go on Twitter and say you had a collection of all the states that were out and you had a refrigerator problem. Would it, would it be possible for Heinz to send you? I don't know. They may, they might, they might send me the whole, yeah, yeah. I, I could, I should do this. I should, because I was so, and you know, there, there was like $200 worth of meat in our fridge that, that we literally had to just, well, Joyce put them in these garbage bags. I couldn't lift the well, garbage I, I bags. Put, so I know because uh, you don't want maggots or any critters. Right. So I triple bagged it and like, oh, yeah. These, yeah, because yeah. I know like one time crows when we were in New York attacked our garbage and I had to go out and clean it. And there's nothing worse than cleaning garbage that's been like spoon. Yeah, it's just and it's wet. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. just like so. I wanted to uh, prevent that. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. But me with so you have a more delicate stomach and, and, oh, and medical God, yeah. stuff than I do. I I'm, I'm a cast iron. When I cleaned that fridge, I had a raging migraine, and I could smell every single thing. And I cleaned sop. Of well, water. first of all, you were smelling my farts. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was it was just it was although. Me, I would have eaten half the meat that was still in there because it never I, got warm. And I cleaned the mold. I cleaned all the mold. Yeah, it was a little mold. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was nasty. It was nasty. And Joyce dealt with you know mucking out most of the fridge and I all of it. Yeah. And I cleaned all. Yeah. I took out all the parts and I washed them yeah. down a couple times. So, but but the woman while I'm on the phone with her magically said, "We just had a cancellation, so we can bring someone." This was like a Monday, uh, or yeah, when yeah, we yeah. called, and we can get them in on Thursday, Thursday morning. So we're like, "Yes, please, thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank yeah, you very yeah. much." And guy comes, 
And you, I wasn't here. I was teaching. You, yes, you were home with him. Thank goodness. Well, you know, you said it was really, really nice. Yeah, he solved the problem. And and I had assumed since it stopped getting cold enough that like a compressor blew. Yeah. I was wrong. Apparently. It was a fan, and then you also said that our ice maker was recalled, like there was some defect in it. Yeah. So um, it would make ice and then clog, and that he would give me on your hobo, he would give you a, a ticket yeah. to get the thing fixed for free. Right. Which is. Nice, because it's $125 for these people just to walk in the door, and then they, they do what they do when they break. You know, again, we're not under warranty. It, it's it's not like we're guaranteed to fix this from Samsung. We just need this however many hundreds and hundreds of dollars refrigerator um, he fixed. Was, he said it was 3000 when it was bought. It was high-end. Well, fine. I, I, that's a lot. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice big fridge. It would be a fantastic fridge. And then he also, he, we couldn't change the filter. He, he changed the filter out for us, put that back in. But, and the fridge, by the time I was home, started to, it was working. You know, you could tell it was no longer going up to 45, 50 degrees. It was now getting back to, apparently, the ideal fridge temperature is 37, and the ideal, duh, freezer temperature is zero Fahrenheit. So it's working, it's working, but then I come down in the morning, and there's like a trickle of water running under the fridge. I'm like, okay, must be a little bit more of the defrosting or whatever is going on. So I, I quickly mop that up, and then I go do some stuff. I come back, I go, go upstairs. I come downstairs to a couple of hours later to bring Joyce somewhere, and now there's a whole other trickle of water coming down the other side <laughs> from under the fridge. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So immediately, I happen to have the number of the guy who came. And I say, hey, um, you know, fine, cool, everything feels cold. And then we got baking soda in the fridge to take care of it. And, and we wiped it down with vinegar and all this stuff. So, but why, why is this happening? And he said, well, uh, you know, one assumes has something to do still with like the ice maker thing and, and the, um, the okay. well, also the, the, he said the um, filter. filter might not have been laying right when he put it in. They put it like out. So, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to just see where this water I open the doors to the fridge, and there's like an inch of water. Show my diagram. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. And then I told you how to turn off the fridge she did. water. Because I, I, I called Joyce. I was like, no, this is. No, we did it in the car. I drew this in the car. That was my. Oh, while you were to, to, to say, here's the one thing you have to do, whatever, wherever it's coming from. Yeah. If you just turn off the water to the fridge, which, by the way, we shouldn't have to fucking do any of this. But if you turn off the water to the fridge, um, you won't get ice. But it won't hurt. It, it, the fridge will still work. It'll still be cold. You just don't have water coming in there and going on your floor. So, you know, it, this is her. This is kind of cool. To show under the sink, like H2O, uh, H2O shutoff. And, and it's, it, I mean, she explained it to me when she drew this. So it was very it's clear. <laughs> well, it was when you explained it, because she, she was trying to tell me, look, don't go to the stuff that's right under the sink and on the right side. Because that'll turn off the water to the sink, yeah. There's a whole other lever with a small little pipe, a little tubey running under it. That one's going to the fridge. Just turn that the other direction. Like, which direction do I go? Yeah, the direction that gets not. Right? So, you know, and I did that. Was it hard to find? It really wasn't. I, 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 at first, I thought, what the where? Because it isn't, I was expecting, oh, like, like a from a hose laser. thing, yeah, one yeah. of those gaskets, oh. and more, it's, it's like a handle. Yeah, more yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. I found it, I turned it, and thank God, and we got the filter pulled out, because that thing was a pain in the ass, and maybe that's, there's a, a 
something not connecting where when that goes in. So our fridge is working. We have no food in it because we have to go buy food today. But you know, after a week of basically eating everything out or just what's in I our think closets. Place too, yeah, well, we could. Yeah, but I'm also we got we got to go to the, the supermarket. And we even bought, you know, because we're so we're so first world, and we're so like only children, that in the three days that we four days that we knew we weren't going to have a fridge, we run to Target and buy like a mini <laughs> fridge. And it's like we can't wait. We can't. We can't just eat out. We can't. It's like but but milk, and we enjoy saying drink. I drink. Uh, but no coldness. What do we do? So, so we're literally going for 150 bucks. We buy like a, mm. a French air fridge, which knock wood, working beautiful. I was even thinking, should, should we get an ice an ice fridge thing? But yeah, that's called a freezer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> True. Let me help you with that <laughs> one. Ice fridge thing is called. <laughs> you're like ice bear. It's called a freezer. Right. It's uh, freezer. So and, and we're like, no, well, I think we can manage without ice. But it's also we can't buy we can't stock meat again until we have a, a working freezer, which I guess we do now. Except there's like frozen water in the unremovable shelves of the Where? freezer. At least there there was uh, two days ago. We have to literally like soak hot water on it to oh, melt the ice. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's so, so Samsung, right? No, Samsung for fridges. Samsung for TV, so. great. Really? I don't think so at all. I think this is a normal. Fridges used to last 40 years. David, this is not 1902. I Get know. with the program, boy. Ugh. They're good. I was happy. Well, this program is the Dave's Gone By Facebookio Podcastio Programio of the stream. We're live on the Saturday, September 23rd. Are we going to do Greeley Times? Well, that's literally I'm leading into right the second. Greeley Crimes and Old Times, which... No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. You're right. Retract. Greeley Times, which is... Based on a column in the Guerrilla Tribune. We should see if any other papers do that. I, I don't know where to look. That's the thing. I, I, would, yeah. do, I would do like humorous uh, police blotter listings in local papers. That is smart. Yeah. I should do that. Because yeah. otherwise it's like odd say, news. You yeah. could say ice fridge thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd, be, that'd be rather different. Yeah. Mm. But you're right. Humorous police blogger yeah. items. I wonder if there are Humorous other papers. Humorous, non-serious. I'm sure that this is a, this they got the idea from somewhere. Yeah. Because that, thank thank goodness, over at the Trib, Morgan McKenzie has been keeping that column going. She's been doing it every and week. And we could call her. But nobody's doing the hundred years ago. That's gone. Oh, as far as we can never be Mike. You know, God rest his soul. We can never be Mike. The great Peters. Mike Peters. But. We have. You looked up like he was floating around. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the, the trees outside are going bizarre. Uh, let me, can I turn the, the thing and show them no, what the no, trees are doing? No? I right, trust you. Uh, anyway, so we have new criminality. These are these are calls that came into the Gridley Police Department over the past couple of weeks that are the funniest ones. We share them with you, thanks to the Trib, and we call them Gridley Crime. Well, no, we, well, they are Gridley Crimes. Yeah. And we call the segment Gridley Times. Yes, criminality runs amok in northern Colorado, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there you go.
All right, we'll see which one of those worked for these actual phone calls that came in to police dispatch in Greeley and Evans and, and uh, Johnstown in Northern Colorado. Okay, here we go. This is one o'clock in the morning this happened. The caller on 7th Avenue said that a man was wandering the area screaming, quote, guttural grunts. <laughs> Maybe he had a doo-doo. I'm wondering. I'm... Maybe it was the baby gramps. But if he's at the point of guttural grunting, um, he's probably not wandering. <laughs> if he's at the, ah, you're probably not wandering. I think it was baby gramps. It's, uh, it's so, I can't believe you just brought up that name. Why? I have been trying to get in touch with baby gramps for the oh, past couple of months. Well, no, no, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with his, I, maybe his wife or his publicist or something like that. And she says he, he'd love to do an interview as soon as he's back performing. But it's been a while he's not performing yet. So we're keeping in touch. But and just, Literally, I got an email from them two days ago. Oh, wow. So baby gramps, if you don't know him, Go he Google. Grunts, he grunts, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, if you did go they, out in the woods today. Did they ever resolve it, or we just don't know why the grunting man We have no ha idea what happened to the grunting man. Okay. <laughs> Blind Boy Grunt. You know, Bob Dylan's stage name was Blind Boy Grunt. That was one of his pseudonyms. Blind Boy Grunt. Anyway. A caller. Yeah. At a fast food restaurant. Oh, no. Serving tacos. No oh, less. no. Oh, wait, wait. Where's my little pokey Oh, honey, that's racist to say, oh, oh, well, tacos. No, it's not about, it's about, yeah. that's about, like, food quality exactly. more than. Yeah. On 23rd Avenue, reported seeing someone climb through the drive through window. You're very spitty today. I don't know. I'm always spitting now, yeah. <laughs> I'm also drinking a lot. <laughs> I hope not. I wouldn't <laughs> announce that on the air. Yeah, yeah, I'm also drinking. I'm drinking a lot. Right. Some hot. You wouldn't like the joke I told in class. No, don't you... say please. Let's move on. All please, right, fine, please, fine, please. fine, fine. You want to live with me? Just move on. <laughs> That's great. That's fine. Um. So a caller, wait, a caller at a fast food restaurant serving tacos reported seeing someone climb through the drive through window because wow. when you have to use the bathroom you've got to use the bathroom sometimes you want to really get in there and see like if you have a specific order with certain dietary requirements you right. want to see that yeah maybe yeah. they were mad at the worker that's true too well no, that, that has happened you know and people have just gone crazy people go through drive through windows they they run in they start beating the hell out of these folks making minimum wage spooning beans on a platter it's like well, I hope ever he got his order right, or she got her order That's right. That's true. That's true. They got the wrong sauce on their carnitas. I mean, come on. Yeah. I said vegan, damn it! <laughs> vegan! This, <laughs> this cheese is not vegan! A caller on 44th Avenue. Are these? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, no, those are real classes. A caller on 44th Avenue yeah. was upset oh. that a little yappy dog was barking on a Sunday. Oh. Are they sure it wasn't Mandy Patinkin practicing? Oh. <laughs> that has actually layers, if you know Sunday in the Park for George. But, um, but little yappy dog was barking on a Sunday. Oh, good Lord. A caller near 47th Avenue re reported two people 
having intercourse inside a vehicle at the park. Yeah, really? Yeah. I wonder how long he was watching before he called. It was like, uh-huh. Probably should call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my good. Wow. Wow. I didn't think she could manage it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's holding her pigtails. No, but... That, I think that's public nudity. Well, they're in the car, but really, if, if people can see it. If in, people can walk by and see it, isn't yeah. that expo what is it, exposure? Indecent exposure yeah, or public, public indecency. Well, I think it's like ice fridge cold. Yeah. <laughs> ice fridge cold! Ice fridge cold! It should be pubic indecency, if you ah. think about it. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Anyway, well, that was rather hairy. Uh, let's, let's have one more, and then we'll do an elsewhere. A woman on 11th Avenue reported crossing paths with a man she sprayed with. Oh, no. No. So, so this something happened in her past, and now she's crossed paths with this guy again. Yeah. Uh, this is a man that she had previously sprayed with bear mace. Oh, my God. Not even mace. Not even mace. Bear, bear mace. mace. <laughs> she did uh, not like him. Due to harassment. So that is scary for her and for him. No, but I think if you, if you, that's like a, there's a protection order. She has to call in to say that they. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I don't know if there was a protection order. It was just like she had an incident and she sprayed him with bear mace. I guess he still lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And one more. A caller on sixth of 18th Street. Sorry, I don't mean to cast a Persian aspersion from 16th Street. This is a better caller. There you go. Yes. That's a phone call. Every, that, that's like sending an ambulance. Oh, um, I'll get that. Hello. Okay, so a caller on 18th Street said that her upstairs neighbor puked all over her son's white SUV. Oh, my God. How do you puke on an SUV? Well, you lean over, you go... Oh, the window? Oh, God. You know, he probably was, was drunk or, or sick or something. Put his hand on the car to hold on to something. <laughs> I thought she meant like from upstairs, like it's the upstairs neighbor. So I thought like the car's parked outside and the neighbor like projectile vomit. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's I... the upstairs neighbor. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I don't think that he leaned out the. I think he like oh. went like oh oh. Oh, that would be beautiful, like that's a what, waterfall. That's what I felt in the thing. Could have been. They got, they got, that's. So we can been. say that then. But I, I also noticed. Oh no. Maybe I wrote this wrong when I was transcribing oh, it, or maybe this was the word. I missed this. The caller said, her upstairs neighbors <laughs> puked oh, God. all over her. It's got to be they did it from like, the bathroom. Wow. Wow. I hope they're okay. That's bad. I can only follow that with, what, what can I follow? The balcony is pretty rough. With an elsewhere. So far, our else what it means is that yeah. not only do we have stories from Greeley, Colorado, or, or, or the calls that come in, but this is odd news from elsewhere in the universe. And we go all the way to Longwood, Florida. Okay. And if you've ever had Longwood, you know how pleasurable that can be. A brawl ensued. Oh, no, Amy. At a Florida... <laughs> there we go. Oh. Well, that's quite... Yes. There's some fisticuffs going on there. The brawl ensued at a Florida chicken wing restaurant 
last weekend. This wow. about literally Maybe a week it was ago. A, one of those pentameter compositions. Well, could no. be. It started when five women intentionally clogged a toilet. Oh, maybe they threw stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I unintentionally <laughs> clogged the toilet a time or two. I always remember when you, one time we went to Kohl's and you didn't, you didn't have a good oh. cell phone. Yeah. And you were like, Julie, you have to admit that what? You're like, somebody like sharded or sh like pooped. It like Everywhere. sprayed it all over the thing. So anytime you make a poop thing, that's the image that comes to my brain. And I think when I came out of the Coles, you know, I went in there very quick. You I came so out. Excited for, though. Well, because there was a there was a woman there at a desk for like returns or customer service. Her, you know, well, no, I I I came she out of there. I thought it was you. Right. I said, <laughs> this is what would terrified me. I was like, yes. um. Yes. And I lit, my first words were, yes. it wasn't me. Yeah, but you know that's the first words when people lie. So if somebody's going to make a big duty like this, they're not going to say, oh, it was me who did it. They're going to say, it wasn't me, but I no. saw this. So no, you but know that she thought it was you. This happened again, and not as a bad way. When? This week, I was at the other university. Yes. And in the men's room, the, the toilet was like running, running, and going over the seat and running over onto no. the, the toilet. was really going and leaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I go to a lovely lady who... who a man's the well, desk there. The <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, thank God, I got out of coals. <laughs> oh, no, and dealing with bathroom pooping. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so I go it's to her. I'm going to say, and she's like, yeah, no, somebody told me already. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't like grocery. It was just water, you no, know, over that one yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you got to, it was leaking. It was going everywhere. Yeah. The other day, I'm talking to a colleague whose mom had been very sick, and the mm -hmm. mom's in, you know, rehab. Yeah. So I'm talking to her, and her, her office is by the restroom. One of the guys comes in, the workman, he comes in. He goes in the bathroom. It's a single bathroom. Leaves the door open, flushes the toilet, and leaves. Wait, and I look at my well, he mom. leaves the door open. Which door? What? Yeah, the bathroom door. It's like, it's like a little closet. He just flushed the toilet and left. And I looked at my colleague, and I'm like, what? And she goes, we have no idea what that was. <laughs> he just went in. We, he was a maintenance guy. Door opened, flushed the toilet, and left. Well, and what, were they, what were they doing? What were they there for? We have no idea. He well, just, it could have been plumbing, or it could have been he's he checking. Flushed the toilet and left. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he probably wanted to make sure they. Maybe they wanted to make sure the water. Nobody was, was there. He, there was no work done that whole week. He just came in. I mean, this is his job. He's like, I am the toilet flusher. He went in. Flushed. I want that I job. I do that job. I would love that job. Yeah. You'd be good at You know that. what I'm paid to teach as an adjunct professor? It's yes. like to, to go walking around for, like, you could just do it in go into buildings. Yeah. You can volunteer for that. I can get a t-shirt? Yes. Mr. Flushman. Yeah, or the four flusher. The four you know, I'm four flushing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go I want Give that your, I want job. to hear this the broad one because I don't know what that one is. So here's the deal. This is this five women intentionally. Oh, doesn't say how. Or what they put in there. Yeah. The incident like began, a napkin, like a napkin or, or to, maybe they put toilet paper, like yeah, yeah. rolls in it or something. The, the incident, because how do you intentionally stuff, how, how do you? I don't know. Anyway, the, the incident began about 9 p.m. last Saturday at Papa B's. <laughs> B, like B's, Papa B's. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like a nice place, except for the toilet flusher. It's a family-owned restaurant in suburban Orlando. Oh, yeah. A supervisor told authorities that the women, who were the only customers inside the restaurant, 
oh, here we go, stuffed a restroom toilet with wads of toilet paper. I mean, I get, first of all, I don't imagine them putting, like, their fists into uh, the water. I, I, or what they just, the do we know the reason, or what they're just... So an employee cleaned the bathroom. Uh, however, one of the women went back into the bathroom <laughs> and stuffed it again. I love it. The restaurant supervisor had told the women the restaurant was closing. They needed to leave. That is when the supervisor discovered the toilet was clogged again. And then people got angry. But it wasn't. It was the women who got irate. <laughs> One of them punched the supervisor oh, in the face. My God. Was it a wrestling team or something? And the restaurant kicking, punching, pulling hair, and throwing things. Oh. Authority said. There, no, there's a backstory we don't know. I don't know. There's a backstory. And then they know the supervisor. I don't, it doesn't there's say. There's something going yeah. on there. Maybe the women were thrown out of the restaurant. There's some history with those groups. You don't just start punching and kicking. And, 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 and stuffing up stuffing toilets. toilets. Yeah. No. The supervisor sustained a cut behind her ear. The supervisor said, woman. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that would make sense why there would be. Girl and on bruises on her leg and arm. Good God. Another employee rushed to help the supervisor. So one of the women slapped her and started throwing chairs. <laughs> I love it. It's like a world wrestling In a chicken wing I restaurant. It. I love it. It's like a wrestling. I love uh, it. The fight was eventually broken up by other store employees. As were there the other customers? Uh, employees. No, oh. they, they were the only customers in the store. Everybody else was employees. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. As the women fled, they knocked over more chairs and they threw salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> now that's going too far. Throwing chairs, pins on a cut. Ketchup, it would be too. Punk, oh, yeah. yeah. Punching people in the Save face. Save the ketchup, Daffy. Save the ketchups. And the women, the women were detained by police. The women, Kanisha Charles, Taisha Charles, Kayanda Charles, yeah, Jasmine Klein, and Jalea Smith. They're all charged with disorderly conduct, battery, and criminal mischief. There's a backstory. Like you uh. don't, you know, a lot of times, like we don't know the backstory, but you don't go, you know, you don't do those things unless there's some history. I guess not. I or they're drunk. I, it doesn't say whether they were drunk oh, or not. Oh, maybe they had alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is bad when people are have yeah. issues. It doesn't know? say what time of night or day this. Is. They were closing. Yeah, it's late. So maybe they came from yeah. England. Let's, you know, let's get some food in our systems before we drive home or whatever yeah. the hell it is. And they go for wings, and they, they got the wrong sauce. Get away, get away from bad food because they want to have a nice oh, lunch. Yeah, I don't like, you didn't give us biscuits. <laughs> like, no, for us, it's like, you didn't put enough hummus. Right. So anyway, love that. Love that. True story. That did happen in Florida. Let's do one or two more Greeley uh, crimes. Okay. And then we'll get to, we haven't, you know, I mentioned uh, Colorado Limerick of the Dam. We haven't yet done um, Bunyan Watch. Yeah. So that, yeah that, people, that people have been writing in. <laughs> uh, where are we? Where are we? Here's more criminality. Two, two foot fetishes, a podiatrist, a laser surgeon, your HMO, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Dr. Scholes have all written in. <laughs> <laughs> they love the segment. They, they want to, <laughs> Dr. Scholes, you want to sponsor the segment? Please. Uh, here we, we go. We should do, like, you know, I watched that plastic surgeon who talks about how they do surgery on people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should get a podiatrist who could, like, walk you through, like, the various uh, changes yes. in your body. And I'm sure they would do it. It would be good promotion for them, but they could also explain things, you know, yeah. be educational. About bunions. Yeah. This would be, like, a whole, every week we have. It could be on YouTube. You could make it like a phenom. I, I would like that. You have to find a, a bunion, a podiatrist, you know. Well, I guess we have to look far and wide. 
That's all. <laughs> hey, what what kind of restaurant would you find a podiatrist in? A place that sells soul food. Nah, 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 nah. Do uh, podiatrists make a lot of money? No. Yeah, they're well healed. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's let's do this. Um, a woman. This is on a Monday. A woman on, I don't know why I wrote down that it's a Monday. A woman on 20th Street, oh, she's not calling. Oh. She, she, or she may have called. Reported that a she noise. She called. How would she know to get the info? Oh, maybe, yeah, or maybe they walk into the, the mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, but a woman on 20th Street reported a noise that someone, uh, that sounded like someone was watching a movie in surround sound that kept her and her children up. This is 10, oh, that's why I wrote it down. It's like 10.30 in the evening on a Monday. Which is like it's pushing. Monday is the hardest day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I think ten o'clock. That should be the cutoff of playing loud music or um, on a, on a weeknight, and then eleven o'clock on Fridays and Saturday nights. I think that's reasonable. For the surround sound thing, and then a caller near Ninth Street reported a U-Haul parked in the area that had three half-naked people inside. Three half-naked people. I don't know if there's a U-Haul who's inside the U-Haul. Well, I guess you can see. I, I don't know. I, first of all, which half? <laughs> That'd be interesting. I should probably rename it U-Ball. I think that those are called movers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did they have big loads? So that's what I want to know. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Grilly, Grilly Times for this Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. No, he was not. I'm sure that you agree with me that Greeley was no fool. What he is getting at is that Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yippee eye, yippee eye, yippee eye, yay, yay, yippee yippee yippee. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, 11.37 in the morning Eastern Time here in the neighborhood. I want to remind you, if you want to contact me, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is the way to do that. Dave, like my name with an S, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com, or just message me right on the Facebook page or post on our Facebook page under each show. Oh, I don't know. Uh, was, it, was it stuffing how to stuff a wild toilet? Oh, can you tell me what the town is? I want to talk about it. Oh, yes, please. Coming up soon. We still have Bunyan time. But after Bunyan time, we have um, our Colorado Limerick of the Dam for Deer Trail, Colorado. One word or two? Two words. Deer Trail, Colorado. So we'll have a horrible poem about that. But first, but first, let me, you know what? Let's, let's, let me do the, um, the Friends of the Neighborhood. First, and then we'll get to all this other cool stuff. But friends of the neighborhood are folks who have been on this program in the months and the many, many, many years we've been on the air. So, like, like today we had well, what, what's that? The first home of the rodeo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, but save that for 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 uh, the limerick. Yeah. Um, people who've been on the show, we like to keep tabs on them. We like to let you know. What are they doing now? Have they written a new book? Are they in a Broadway or off or off-off-Broadway show? Um, have they put out an album? 
what are they up to? Because now they're our friends. They were guests on the show, and they're still doing amazing things. So we have a new friend of the neighborhood, of course. Today we got Stephen Dittmeyer. He is the director of Bettinger's Luggage that you can watch at the AMT Theater in person. It's not a Zoom thing. In person at the AMT Theater on West 45th Street in Manhattan through October 26th. We also, of course, love our beloved Vicki Quaddy, who does her shows out at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago, not to mention other places going to L.A. in a, in a couple of weeks. And then Ronald Rand, the author of a couple of books about acting and directing, as well as his doing his one-man show about Harold Klerman and putting out the newspaper Soul of the American Actor. These are the friends who are on the neighborhood today, as is my darling and adorable wife, Joyce. So as is... I'm sorry, what? Is there, yeah. Um, and Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Rabbi Saul has been with us since episode number one back in 2002. He, he, for a long time, he was doing rabbinical reflections. As a matter of fact, I'll probably post an old one that he did about Yom Kippur years ago uh, in time for the holiday on Monday. But um, he also does a lot of our interviews he talked to Stephen Dittmeyer this time. If you want to know all things Solomonic, you're going to want to go to his website, shalomdammit.com, where you can read and hear his reflections, watch and hear his interviews, see the stage show that he did off-Broadway, or technically off-off-Broadway, at the Richmond Shepherd Theater and later on the Roy Arias of Shalom Dammit, an evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon. It's all there at shalomdammit.org. But these are folks who are just on the show today. What about folks who've been on the program in the past? Here's what they're up to. Whoops. Thank you, Wolfgang. So first of all, we got to wish a Rafua Shlema, and he is apparently feeling quite a bit better. Uh, our, my cousin, Jeffrey Kirsch, was hospitalized with pneumonia. He, had a, he went home, then he went back to the hospital a time or two. He had a very, very rough week, but he is finally feeling, <clears throat> thank goodness, better. Is that so, Lori's brother? Oh, no, this is Jeffrey Kirsch, in the shoes. Oh, I'm sorry, I got confused. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, no, so that, that's Jeffrey Kirsch and, and married to Cynthia Shub Kirsch. They've been on the show. They played oh, today. Is, he, is he okay? He's, he's feeling, he says in his, his Facebook page, significantly better. Because uh, he, he was, you know, sent home, then started feeling worse, went back, and, and now he's feeling okay. Uh, and then congratulations, here's a mazel tov, to Dave Koenig, the comedian, you can see him. He's booked like a dozen cruises between October through March. And it's one of these, you know, he performs on the cruise and, and does all that stuff. So it's DaveKonig.com, K-O-N-I-G. So congratulations to him on that. Uh, on tonight, Saturday, Yorma Kalkinen and Jack Cassidy are both in Electric Hot Tuna. And they were also in Jefferson Airplane together. They're doing their last tour and they are at the Beacon Theater in New York this evening. So go see them. Uh, and then Austin Pendleton Alert. Oh, my God. Honey, we need Austin noise. We need noise. 
We have an Austin Pendleton alert, my friends, because Austin uh, is in a play called The Pianist that is going to be, or that is, uh, no, it starts on Monday or Tuesday, actually. It's called The Pianist. It's at the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey. So congrats to the indefatigable Austin Pendleton. And then on Thursday, Quinn Lemley is doing her show, Riga Hayworth, The Heat Is On, at Don't Tell Mama. And same night, Karen Mason is at Chelsea Table and Stage. Uh, and also on that same night, Thomas G. Waits, he's an actor, but he's, I guess, also a singer and musician because his band is going to be at the Cutting Room over on East 32nd Street. All of these things happening on Thursday. And then on Thursday and Friday, there's an industry reading of a, mu a new musical co-written by our friend Amanda Green. It's called Female Troubles. Nothing to do with the John Waters film, thank God. Yeah, but Lilius White is taking part in the reading too. So we get a double on that one. Congrats to Amanda and to Lilius. And then, oh, here's a big one. I wish I could actually go see this. At the Tarrytown Music Hall on Friday night, Peter Yarrow uh, from Peter, Paul, and Mary is going to be performing with Noel Paul Stuckey, a.k.a. Paul. So it's Peter and Mary. Mary's been gone a few years. But so Peter Yarrow, our friend in the neighborhood. So yay, yay, yay on that. Playing now through early October, Robert Galinsky is directing a solo play called Tripping on Life is by an actress writer named Lynn Shea. This is at Theater Row on West 42nd and 9th Avenue. Also, now through the end of October, uh, I've got to check out the reviews on this, a musical called The Twelve, being done at the Goodspeed Musicals. It feature, it, the, the piece is written by Robert Schenken and our friend Neil Berg. Goodspeed Musicals is over in East Haddam, Connecticut. Speaking of Lilius White, you can see her as Hermes, or Hermes, in Town on Broadway. Alan Menken, of course, did the music for Aladdin on Broadway and Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. Seth Bissenhurst doing Seth's Talent Showcase. He's done more than 750 of these uh, at Don't Tell Mama. It's in an open run Tuesday evenings uh, over on West 26th. And then Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano, Saturday evenings like tonight at Birdland on West 44th. On Monday nights at Birdland, Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks do two sets there. Uh, tickets for everything at Birdland are birdlandjazz.com. And of course, Jim Caruso's cast party every Monday night at Birdland, birdlandjazz.com. Stagebuddy.com is a website talking about all the things that you can do in New York nightlife that was founded and is edited by our friend Evan Seplo. Dr. Demento, still making Dr. Demento shows at drdemento.com. Giving a shout out to the two folks who couldn't make it today. David Sheward, read him at totaltheater.com, theaterlife.com, and culturaldaily.com. And Leslie Hoban Blake, watch her reviews of New York theater with our mutual friend Charlie Gross. It's called Two on the Isle and watchable on their YouTube channel. Anywhere you go, Two on the Isle. And those, my friends, hey, are the friends. A, oh, what, what? There's a feldespora class at the Natural History Museum. There's a what? Feldes, make a feldespora. Oh! It's too late. We didn't find yeah. out. I, I tried to fill a squirrel, but it bit me. Yeah. Well. Rightfully so. Anyway, 
Friends of the Neighborhood. Okay, well, it is about a quarter to noon Eastern time here in the neighborhood. You're watching Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wonderful wife, Joyce. It's our 912th episode, and we do have our horrible, awful, disgusting uh, limerick coming up. But speaking of horrible, awful, uh, and, and disgusting and gross, I want to show you my feet. Um, they're actually not bad. They're, 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 but a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about my first week teaching uh, the new semester at two universities with new sneakers. I mean, you know, nice sneakers. New shoes. New shoes. And they just, for some reason, this pair just killed me. Usually, I get the same brand every time, but this time, there was just one part of it that kept pressing down and rubbing against the same area on my bunion. And not even the bad bunion on my right foot, but the much more minor bunion on my left foot. <laughs> and I was in agony. I was in real pain because I'm on my feet. I'm, I'm not one of those teachers who kind of sits down. And so I'm on my feet sometimes six, seven, six hours a day. On the other side, like five hours a day. So I'm in agony the whole week. And, you know, I take my, my sock off and I look there. It's like almost an open wound. And we're putting crap on it. And Joyce brilliantly says, get those corn plaster things or it's like a moleskin, moleskin. But it's like a bunion thing that that prevents rubbing because i know with when i have the blister yeah. the biggest thing is when you get friction and it opens or it's sore it hurts it, it was so you gotta agony like put, put yeah and also the, it's not just that using it? i was using it all week but I, I popped it off for the weekend also because i changed my shoes on the weekend everybody's working so here's the deal. So um, I was talking about this two weeks ago because it was one of the only things on my mind. And for visuals, I was like, well, I better show people what, what I'm actually talking about. So I showed my bunion. <laughs> Amazingly enough, this has not gone viral at this point. Thank goodness. You don't want a viral bunion. So we're checking out how my bunion has healed yeah. in the place where it kept And get your bunion in. scale, your pain scale. Like, oh, right, that's right, that's right, that's right. This is very important. You develop a skill for you how you feel about your bunion. Yeah, so I was going to, I, I have not had the time or the wherewithal to do theme music for this, but this is Bunion Watch, in which we, we talk about Dave's bunion. Get the old socks off. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, let's do my right foot, which is the control bunion. This is the bunion that has not had a problem, even though it's the bigger bunion. This shoe, this foot did not have the problem. He's living his best foot in blood. So here's, here's, here's my right Show foot. Show how we rate him, rate him on that on the scale. What's so on this, scale? on this scale of, <laughs> of bunion Which hood. Which one is he? he? He's definitely in the happy range. Oh. He's like, he looks a little red. He yeah. always looks a little bit red. That's his whatever. color. Yeah, yeah. He gets the sun. And, you know, because I'm not one of those people, thank God, who are normally bothered by, you know, they actually cause yeah, foot pain and pain. hammer toe. Yeah. And a hammer toe I've gotten a little bit, but but not pain from it, which is why people have, when, which is brutal. Um, but you can see, it's definitely a bunion. <laughs> this is my right foot. You also see how hairy my legs are. Um, so there's there's my bunion. You know, lower this a little bit more. Yeah, don't hurt yourself, hammer. And now, Get you know, it. here's my left foot. Get it, bunion. don't hurt yourself, hammer, hammer toe. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So look, see, not 
visually, oh, it looks great. the size of like, and now, that's a cute da, 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 da. remember, remember the, Whoa, the, let me see him. the wound? Whoa, he's healed up. It's gone! It's a miracle! How does he feel today? It took three weeks. So show, don't scratch yourself, David, okay. we can see that. Hold on, look at that, look at that, look at that. Really, how's he feeling? Well, I haven't put him really in a shoe, oh. or my new shoe, without mm -hmm. uh, the, the moleskin. So, so he's between this and this, but he's not between this and this. Yes. Yeah. So, so look, I, and I can't really show like from from my visuals. So here, here are my two. Foot <laughs> fetishes take note. There At you least go. you could clean the sock out from your toes before you show your. Oh, feet. is it lint? Well, yes. I pull them right off. There. You this is really. You should have done gross. some foot prep, David. You should have done some foot prep. No, no. As as Stephen Dittmeyer said, there's too much thinking involved. Just pull them off and go. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. There so, there's, there's, and we end, let's end every bunion watch mm -hmm. with a kiss. Oh, that's lovely. Let's, let's have a good one. Let's make it like. Let's make it really sexy. I have a callus now. I can feel it. I mean, it doesn't. Oh, uh, yeah, honey, it honey, feels honey, like callus honey, skin. Honey, you're, you're just focused. No, so you can see because it doesn't feel like it feels see. a little weird now. Yeah. Oh, you just when gotta, I rub them together. You just gotta take a little scrubbing. Yeah. So anyway, that was Bunyan Watch for this Saturday, September twenty third, two thousand and twenty three. Enjoyed that. Here in the day room. Well, who wouldn't enjoy Bunyan Watch? I know. I know you're right. <laughs> so let's see. We've done almost pretty much everything. I haven't got time to talk. Maybe we'll do that to close the show. What? Uh, kind of a, another cute story involving what I was, what I promised to do, and what I was going to do this week, and what I, what I was not allowed Save to do for next week. That's a whole rant. Oh no, no, because it's, it's a, it's not that long, and it really dovetails okay, so to something it. that happened in class. So, okay, so all right, and then and we'll do the, the limerick to end. But um, this was the week that the COVID shots came out, you know, to drugstores and places all over America. Joyce, you know, immediately. Joyce has chronic health right. disease. Right, I'm she saying. Needs to get her stuff. Yeah. So. Joyce doesn't want to die from a preventable illness. If I die from an illness that I can't prevent, that's one thing. Right. But if I die from something that's preventable, that's another. Right. Right. I mean, like, like you have no idea that I've been poisoning you slowly. So oh, I can tell. <laughs> I was just mean your mind. I mean, so, but anyway, uh, so she gets the shot on Monday, goes off, you know, no problem, mm -hmm. over the Walgreens, painless, apparently, really nice people. Yeah, lovely. And so, um, you know, she's like, Dave, you have to get the shot too. I know, I know, I know. Uh, and so I sign up, I go, I, I have it for, I don't want it to start the week. I want to get through teaching mm -hmm. and then have the weekend to recuperate. And just in case, first of all, my arm is going to be sore no matter what. And if I have any kind of, usually I get like one night where I need to sleep more and I just, I get flushed and a little bit of, not a real fever, but I get a little bit of a temperature. I don't want to, I don't want to deal. So, and also if you know this show, if you know me, I'm fucking legal phobic. So I don't want to be a nervous wreck the whole week. So, and I don't want to ruin my weekend. So I, I scheduled it for when I finish my week. I scheduled it for after I taught my last class of the week. Thursday afternoon, drive home, um, and go to Walgreens, get the shot. So, so it would literally be like not the worst. I would say the worst part of my day for last. You know, normally Thursday afternoon, I finish teaching my film class, and I'm like, 
that's it. That's my week, man. I'm, I'm, I have papers to grade. I've got a plan for next week. I have a plan for this program. But teaching, I've, I've done my bit. You know, send me the paycheck at the end of the month. Thank you. Uh, but this time, it's sort of like, oh, I've just gotten through teaching four classes today. And the heaviest, most difficult part of my day is just about to happen. So I drive to Walgreens. I get there like for my early, early, like 4.30 for my 5 o'clock shot. Uh, and I am needle-phobic. I am, I hate shots. I don't have so much, I have a little bit of white coat syndrome, uh, doctor syndrome. But it's really just about needles and pain. I don't, I have students, I have tons of students now who have tattoos on them. And I just look at them, I, I, I don't talk to them about this, but in my head I'm like, Jesus Christ, why people who get tattoos, this, this thing of putting your skin under this amount of like, and I'm like, for, for well, the whole ideas of, uh, of tattoos I find gross anyway. Even if they're ink, I want ink on me like, like henna. Or is, uh, skin. Skin is beautiful. Why are you messing with skin? Whatever. But to mess with your skin and you know subject yourself to pain and and you know soreness and redness and what the fuck they do. Me, I don't even want to have like one little one, one little needle inside me. Even though the last time I got the COVID shot, it, well, it really was painless. I was absolutely shocked. The guy, it was a little, uh, like, pinch. I feel the pinch of his fingers on my flesh and not even the, the shot. I'm, I think that spoiled me a little bit because now I'm hoping every time I get a shot, it will feel like that. And just my luck, probably in five years, I'll have to have a spinal tap or something. And I'm like, okay, spinal tap, sure. Go, ah! Right? But, so I'm hoping. I'm hoping against hope. And I'm thinking, all right, let me just get into the Walgreens. I'll get the shot. I'll... Grit my teeth, and the Walgreens people, they, I, uh, they see me coming or something. Because one time we were there for the shot, and it took a long time. Like, we were scheduled, and they were backlogged, and there were other people there, and waiting and waiting. And, and the more you wait, the more time I have to think about it, and to worry about it, and to get nervous about needles, and shots, and pain. So I start getting really worked up, over, almost to the point of hyperventilating. Like, and I'm pacing back and forth in the aisles of the store like a lunatic. Because I just I just want to get in. Get, you know, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready for the, just give me the thing. And meanwhile, it's like minutes are ticking. I'm walking back and forth. I'm going around and around the store. And Joyce is just waiting patiently. You know, I'm like, you know, hon, just tell me. Tell me when they're ready. Just tell me when they're ready. And, and at a certain point, I was like, you know, if it's not five more minutes, I'm getting out of here because I'm going to lose my mind. When was that? Remember that was one time we got the shot and it just took forever oh, yeah. and I was losing my, my nut? Not like my usual losing my That's nut. That's every though. time. Yeah. That's your usual. So this time I go up to the counter. I got my, I've got my card, my Vax card ready. You know, my ID is ready. I'm like, okay, let's, let's just, hi, I'm here. I'm here for the COVID shot. And there are people, by the way, who are going there. They're getting like four shots at a time because they yeah. can do the flu, the RSD COVID. And COVID yeah. yeah. I'm like, no. And probably shingles, herpes. Shingles, herpes, whatever. Yeah. I don't know, gonorrhea. What? <laughs> I mean, no. Gonorrhea watch. Dun, 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 dun. And the guy looks at me like I'm crazy. And, and I said, why are you here? I'm like, why, why am I here? I have a 5 o'clock appointment for the, the shot, the COVID shot. And he said, oh, you didn't get the call. I said, I didn't get the call. 
uh, apparently I called everyone that morning that their drugstore or it had no vaccine. They didn't get the shipment in or they, they rang out of them, they were used up, whatever. Pfizer didn't ship enough of these things. And uh, no, we couldn't do it. So I was like, happy hands. I mean, with the thing in the back of my mind that I'll probably, uh, at some point, I will have to get the it's fucking It's not over till it's a cold money crab. It's sitting yeah, over till it's, it's over. over. But, but, you know, here I was worried, sort of trying to push it out of my mind the whole day. And it's always, of course, in the back of my I'm going to get a shot today. I'm going to get a shot today. I get, so I get there. I'm like, get, just get this fucking thing over. And I was also almost semi-planning the song that I would sing while I was getting the vaccine. Because the last time, last couple of times, the only thing that came to mind was Monty Python's Lumberjack song. And you know this because you were outside the door when he was giving me a shot. And you must have heard. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I see bowl night. And I'm like, which is, which is what hopes the, the guy giving the shot is not LGBTQ. Because it's a song about I cut down trees, I wear high heels, suspenders, yes. and a bra. <laughs> I wish I'd been a girly. And, I'm, you know, the more afraid I am, the yeah, louder okay. I, I can, sing. I can tell that because when I was waiting for you the one time yeah. in the Walgreens here, people were like, is that the TV? I'm like, no, that's my spouse. He's afraid of getting shots and he's singing on the lumber. It takes my mind off it. You know, I'm also usually now like um, causing myself pain in a different way. Like I'm pinching my skin. It doesn't hurt, David. Jesus. I'm afraid of needles. Do not understand that that's there's a certain phobic I'm element of to this. Death, you know, I don't oh. die from this stuff. So, but anyway, but this time I'm like, do I really want to do the? Um, the Monty Python song again. Is there, oh, is there any other song? I... Picked up the, what was your new song? So there, there were two other songs I was thinking about. One of them Blood was... Blood on the Tracks, I think. Would be. <laughs> I start singing a Dylan song. Yes. But then I wouldn't want to... I was also afraid I don't want to associate a Bob Dylan song mm. with something that I hate doing so much, right? I, I don't want to poison a song by associating with a shot. But there was another There was another ridiculous song. Like, like, um... You bring that? No, that's not. You should sing, I feel pretty. I feel pretty. pretty. I feel pretty. And witty and gay. No, I don't think I would. No. I don't know. I'm forgetting one of the other ones. It was also going to be something really novelty ish and ridiculous. Hot dog night. Two flamingos. No, because I'd be bobbing and weaving too much and moving too much. Wasn't it Baby Gramps song? Wasn't Baby Gramps. Um. And then the third one was, because uh, either I'll do the Monty Python, or there was another novelty song, and then, I go, how do I even explain this? Yeah. But there's a song in the Broadway musical Oklahoma, yeah. and I don't really know all the, the lyrics to it, but the, the song is, the farmer and the plowman should be friends. Oh, yeah, the farmer and the onion and the bunion right. should be friends. Well, I changed the words for, no, and it makes no sense. I changed, the onion and the bunion should I be friends. I think you should sing that. Start practicing that yeah. when you get your shot. Oh, the onion and the bunion should be friends. Oh, the onion and the bunion should be friends. <laughs> you can't even lift your foot up. <laughs> right. Oh, the onion and the, it really is a fun one. Oh, the onion. It makes no sense. It's not funny. It's just stupid. Mm -hmm. But it came into my head and I sing it. To myself sometimes or out loud mm -hmm. so, so how about i go into the room i wait for the guy i lift up my my sleeve you know roll up the thing dangle the arm over the chair and be like oh the onion and the bunion should be friends oh the onion. and usually halfway through the song it, it, i change the lyrics to is it over is it over is it over 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 tell me it's over is it over now you know as the band-aid is you know going over how many people sing when they get their shots it's how i get through it 
You know, it's either that or pass out or, or <laughs> scream. Those are the two options. Which are, it's an incredibly over-stimulated reaction to what is actually happening to me. It's not a fucking spinal tap. It's not. Oh, but you were probably yeah. poked your prodded so much. Oh, I was. Terribly. Yeah. I also, I don't like pain. You must know that I don't like pain. I right? love pain. <laughs> no, don't. Thank God. Um, no. So I don't know if and when I get this 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 fifth why fucking shot. Five. Why, why don't you people type in what uh, suggest we should sing? What song should I have to learn the lyrics? Why don't you sing "Bad Romance" from Lady Gaga? I don't know it. How does that go? No, first of all, that's the last thing I want to... That's the other part of the story I wanted to tell, is that yeah. on the day mm -hmm. that I'm getting, or I'm supposed to get the shot at Walgreens, yeah. on that very day, as I, as I mentioned, I'm teaching classes, right? As a couple of English classes and a film class at the end of the day. The film that I'm showing is truly a classic. It's Roberto Rossellini's not even post, it was literally sh some of them shot towards the very end of the war and then post-war film, uh, the beginning of Italian neorealism, neo really, Rome Open City. Oh, wow. Uh, made, you know, it's really, it's, it's, uh, hell, it's got some problems with it, but it's quite amazing. So, Rome Open City, and I'm, I'm happy to be showing this to the, the kids because I, they sat through the Maltese Falcon, we were all bored out of our fucking minds, and they sat through Gold Diggers of 1933, which you all enjoyed a lot. And what else did we show? We showed um, another movie. Um, Color, Color Correction by Angela Lansbury. Yeah, right. I'm blanking. What the fuck did we show? Anyway. Um, oh, a couple of documentaries that were, that were pretty good. But, we, but this time, Rome opens because we're, we're amazing. It's a film class. We did the silent era in one week. And you're not bitter about it at all. And you're not bitter. And suddenly, when the, in the 1950s, we have to make room for radio and TV, too. You know, it's all about media and everything. Fine, fine, fine. You're, you're on radio and TV all the time, ding dong. I know, but it's a film history class. There's too much. It's too much loaded no, into I know, I know. 16 weeks so of 15 weeks. So how it fits to your story. I don't get it. So the film is Rome Open City, which has to do with um, Italy. Well, no, the, the film is set during the latter two years of the war. When part of Italy was still collaborating with fascists, and, and the Nazis were still occupying, um, and, and part of Italy was was try, being uh, what do you call it, partisans and and fighting against the Nazis secretly and quiet. So there's a priest, marvelous uh, performance, a priest who is shuttling documents and helping the resistance quietly. He gets away with a lot of stuff because he's a priest. Yeah, the colony. Yeah. Um, but he's also helping a communist, and he's helping this, these people who are trying to funnel things to the resistance. But ultimately, they are betrayed by a couple of characters in, in the film, one of whom runs a nightclub, one of them and, and filters information to this sadistic Nazi commandant. And there's going to be all this stuff to, when we get to talk about it next week, because the one thing that really is kind of ooky in the film is that the Nazi is obviously effeminate and sort of gay, and the evil woman in the film is straight up dyke. And, and she's keeping this other woman captive by, by doping her, you know, keeping her hooked on drugs. Wow. This woman that the Nazi woman loves. It's, wow. it's, so, you know, it's fine until suddenly this weird melodramatic thing of how awful uh, Nazis are and their faggots. It's like, what, where's that coming from? You know? um, but anyway, so Rome Open City, 
is this film. And in the last half hour of the film, which is really, really gripping, they're, they're, they're betraying, they're caught. So the priest is in one room, and the, the guy's in the other room being does tortured. He take, uh, does he take uh, the cyanide? No, no, no. Yeah, it, it doesn't have that option. And I always wonder, well, I, while I'm watching the film, it's like, you know you guys are going to die anyway. Why not just punch the fucking Nazi out when he's, when he's interviewing you? When, when he's grilling you, when he's asking you a question, I guess a priest wouldn't. Yeah, but um, also you know that if you make somebody who's a tyrant angry, don't poke the bear. They're going to be more vicious. Mm. You well, know? it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to die. They're, they're, we know that. So why not take them out or try mm -hmm. and take them out? We take an eye. Uh, you know, if you think there's hope, you're going to get, get, get out of there alive. Yeah, that's true. You don't. But if you know you're going to die anyway, yeah. just, just, just grab a, you know, a pen. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, okay, they, they don't. Anyway. Um, but, so, meanwhile, the priest is in one room, uh, and, and with the closed door, there's this other room where they're torturing his, I wouldn't say friend, his acquaintance. Yeah, yeah. Who's, and so, at one point, you know, you hear the screams, and they're opening the door, and, and first, you know, they hold up a hypodermic needle. Oh, no. And he was like, And, ah! and my eye, literally, I'm closing my eyes for the shot. <laughs> They've got an acetylene torch, and you see them burn his skin with, with like, the fire of it. And they're, they're, and you see the implements of torture covered with blood. Uh, you know, it's, it's um, black and white. But yeah, you, yeah, uh, so, know, yeah. so, and, you know, they make the priest watch and say, you know, so th this is what... Uh, yeah, what's going to happen to you. Yeah, no, it's not even what's going to happen to you. How can you allow this? How can God, uh -huh. your God allow... And, which is the same God, but you know, it's how can, this, uh, so this is your idea of the right thing to do is to let someone be tortured to death, which they do. Uh, sorry to spoil the film for you, but I'm watching this and I realize, okay, so I have to watch now this scene <laughs> of a man strapped to a Was chair. This before you thought you were going to get the shot? Yes! <laughs> this is literally an hour and a half before I'm going to walk into Walgreens and get an injection. Well, they don't have a table of implements, and they're not going to, like, torture No, but they, literally, the guy in the film, the, the the torturer, is, like, holding up a hypodermic needle, jabbing it in the arm. I mean, I didn't see the moment, but I'm, I'm sure they showed it. I closed my eyes for that, because I'm needle-fucking-phobic. And this guy sitting in the chair, like, you know, blood running down his whatever, like, beaten up to so shit. you know and, you'd have it better. Yeah, but I'm like, this is not... What I want to be watching no, I know. on the day that I it's need like to get a shot. The one time my friend and I, we were watching a film. It was a film festival. We went yeah. to this restaurant we never went to before. Yeah. And it both turned our stomach. I think oh. it, the food wasn't oh, bad, but it was ill-prepared, right? And so the first film they show is a handheld video. Mm. And I said to my friend, I have to leave or I'm going to be sick. Yeah. Like when you're queasy, the, yeah. like sometimes you can't. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten a lot more used to the handheld and the, the jittery and stuff. But I remember when Woody Allen's Deconstructing Harry came it's out. It's very hard for you. And a lot of it was handheld. And a lot of the reviewers and the people complained, we just, you know, I, I can't watch it. It's just too, too, it didn't bother, didn't bother me. But now, half the things are handheld. Everything, you know, people oh, are used to it. Quits, but anyway, so that's, that's my... Tell us about the Limerick premiere. Yes, yes. And then we'll, we'll go while, while the weather's manageable. I think manageable. We shop for food tomorrow morning. What are we going to eat today? We'll get bagel. We have some and what we'll we have for, for dinner? I have salad stuff. I have lettuce. Oh, you can cut. All right. I have good, lettuce good. and I have tomato. What do you have? Oh, you put it in the other, in the, in our, in our little baby fridge. Oh, the gnomes are tired. Joyce is right. And Let's. Well, if we go get the bagel, you could stop at a Lytle and get some. I will. I mean, I'll just run in. Because, I, you know, certain things I'd rather buy a little than, than yeah, yeah. Wegmans. So, yes. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, all right.
we have a limerick. I can get the, my apples are bad. I can get some apples here. If they have, if they have yeah. pink things or what. Anyway, Colorado limerick of the dam. This is because Joyce and I lived in northern Colorado for about 13 years. And, and we both taught there and everything. Uh, and while I was there, even though I loved Colorado, I decided to write a poem about all these different places in Colorado. And the poems were, were not exactly love letters to the towns. They were filthy, disgusting, tasteless, crude, cruel, sometimes downright sick limericks, uh, rhyming as many names of places as I possibly could. I've got about 260-something of them now, so far. Still counting, still trying to write new ones, and of course it's getting harder and harder. Because the easy one, Vail, you know, I did Vail. Um, Greeley is easy because they're really and, and freely. And, you did it. Yeah. Some of them lend themselves. Some of them, some of them not so much. Breckenridge, I figured out one for Breckenridge. I don't know how, the, how I did it. But this time it's Deer Trail. Not too bad. Deer Trail, um, Colorado. So I've written a limerick about it, and I'm going to share it with you right now. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines, in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So this is a limerick. Colorado, Rado, indeed, our Colorado limerick of the dam for Deer Trail. Now, you have information, right, about Deer Trail? Oh, I thought you were going to read that. the rodeo and that uh, the population is decreasing. Those are the only Ooh, two I didn't know that. So this is a town in north-central Colorado. It's around, uh, so long, I-70, the interstate. And it's only about 50 miles east of Denver. The whole town is about a mile and a half square. Founded for the railroads in 1870, and soon that was a real hub for shipping grain and livestock and eggs. By the 1920s, it grew into a real town. They have five grocery stores and three hotels. That's almost like a city. That's a, that's a major thing. Um, and then, as you said, in the 1860s, the oh, world's yeah. first rodeo was there. But then the 1960s saw a terrible flood on Main Street. So let's talk about, or let, let's have... A limerick of the damned for Deer Trail, Colorado. <clears throat> a horny old fairy from Deer Trail would try to pick up every queer male. His odor was musty. His skill set was rusty. But somehow, not once, did his rear fail. You know, you can send your comments and complaints to Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. I try and read everything, if, even if I don't get a chance to respond. You can also contact me on Facebook or post under our Facebook page. Remember that there are different ways to watch the archives of Dave's Gone By, either right on the Facebook page for the past couple of years, or if you want to go back even further, they're all at davesgoneby.com. We also have a channel on uh, sorry, on um, archive.org, and the audio archives are at castbox.fm, castbox, 
www.youtube.fm uh, and we have a YouTube channel too. So there's a lot of different ways to watch the same wonderful content. All the interviews, the comedy bits, the, the Bunyan watch. If you, if you wonder how my Bunyans are today compared to three weeks ago, go check out the show just right there on, on these archive pages. And please, please also give a look to DaveLefkowitz.org. Mm-hmm. Um, over the summer, I, did, I have no time to do I'll this. Mm. Oh, thank you. Uh, DaveLefkowitz.org is a place where you can read my writing. So um, interviews I've done with a lot of celebrities, uh, song lyrics I've written, the, uh, what else, uh, funny essays that I've written over the years, and just tons and tons of one-act plays and full-length plays and screenplays, all of that, the writing of yours truly, uh, it's not the place for the radio show, that's davesgoneby.com, but davelefkowitz.org, we'll, we'll, we'll take you all the stuff I've written, and, and once I get some breathing time again this summer, I hope to add more old stuff to it, because, you know, what am I doing this for? What, why do I write? Why does anybody? So that someone Immortality. out there, yeah, is my shot at immortality. No? I write because I can't not do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't you, is it there? No. Do you want to show? No. no. Can I mention it? No, it's not my show. It's your show. Yeah, no. But you're a friend of the neighborhood. This is something. I'm a friend of the, I better be a friend <laughs> of the neighborhood, homie. Joyce's book uh, came, is it officially published yet? Or yeah, these pre. It's on paper and print. Joyce's book. It's supposed to be October 2nd, but today it's oh. the So it is it's early. They so can it's not, order it in. Yeah. So you can, you can pre order. Yeah, they can pre order some sites that have been. So I took their picture, and I'm going to post it on Twitter and just say, she's here. <laughs> and it's about Neighborhood Place. It's called what? It's, um, what, what is the, the, the title of it? What is the title? I, I read the book like three times. I, the it the, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I know it's from Rutledge Press. Okay, so then I'm not going to say it. If you don't well, you have the book right on this table. I don't have that many books that you can't remember the titles. What are the titles? They're the, the, the academic so titles. So what are the titles of all the books? What's oh, the no. first book? I don't even... I got one. I was just going through, like, flying through the comb. Uh, I know it was about, um, well, it was about old people. <laughs> and it wasn't the oldest old. It was something about, I, I can picture the cover, because it was a cover that we selected from. The New Senior Center? Right. The New Senior Center, is that what it was called? Yeah. It's about, it was about senior centers. Okay. And the second book? Well, there was one you co-wrote mm-hmm. with a person that What's was. That called? You were You had an article in it, and. Uh, a chapter anything, a chapter in it. What's it called? I don't remember. Race in the Life Course. Race in the Life. What's I'm the third blanking. book? I've also been on the air for three hours. What's the third book? The third book. That that was a text. <laughs> that was about methods. I don't know. Yes. What's it called? Statistical methods for me and you. No, it's <laughs> research designed uh, in aging and social gerontology. Yeah, oh, qualitative, okay. quantitative, mixed, and mixed methods. Oh, gee, and how can I forget that title? So yeah. you don't know the fourth. That's sad. The fourth, the fourth you is... Know, you know how your bunion's doing, and you don't know the name of the book. Do you know the name of my book? Yes, what Marriage, was... Babies, and the End of the World. Yeah, okay. Uh, but that's a, <laughs> that's a memorable title. Yeah, but it's not related to, you know... Well, well no, but but I, I remember what your books were about. I just so don't what's remember... what's the name of the fourth book? It has to do with something about neighborhood place. Am I right? No. No? No. Not well, neighborhood. Oh, it was neighborhood place? Um, older adults place something, placemats. Play. You're getting closer <laughs> with placemats. Really? Place matters. Why place matters? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and what's, what's after the colon? 
Place and place attachment in older adults. Place and place attachment in older adults. From I try and do you a, a nice solid. I yeah, try and sell some books. You know the books. name of it. You know the name of some obscure show off Broadway. Because I have it on here. So you put and it also, on I was there. going to off Broadway 20 years you ago. Should, I had you should have put it on brain there. function. There, well, it occurred to me now. No I bagel should've. for you today. No bagel brain. No bagel. No, no, today, uh, that's my function. I have to eat vegetarian today. I have to have a, like a vegan slice of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> David, I'm trying to finish the show. Oh, you did your limerick. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Which means that, um, first of all, we do, ooh, ooh, we have a guest next week set already. Her name is Jane Gennaro. What does she uh, do? A cabaret coming? performer. Cabaret? Jane Gennaro. Yeah. G-E-N-N-A-R-O. Jane Gennaro. And she's coming next week. So, we are going to be doing a Dave's Gone By next Saturday. Usual time, 9 to noon or thereabouts. So park it right here on your Facebook page. Or if you miss it, obviously you can watch later on Facebook or davesgoneby.com. So yay, we will be back with the 900 and... Uh, 13th episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebookio, podcastio, programmio of the stream. I'm Dave Lefkowitz, Rabbi. Rabbi, are you there? I'm eating. <laughs> He's fattening himself up for the holidays so that he can get through Yom Kippur. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, Are you going to fast? Yeah, I always fast. Oh, wow. I've, I've fasted since I was probably 10 years old. Oh, wow. It's just the one. Someone asked me that in class. Yeah. Uh, I, I told the Are You a Jew story last time on here. Someone else asked, because I, I, I could tell all my Monday classes mm -hmm. that for whatever, the university does not close on Monday. It's a state school. Mm -hmm. uh, but I said, I'm not. This is my one day. I don't observe anything else. I don't go to Satyrs anymore. I don't uh, walk into a synagogue. I don't, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a non-observant cultural Jew, except Yom Kippur. And it's because I really want the day off. <laughs> but, being, but being Jewish, I would feel too guilty to just take the day off. So I punish myself by not eating. So I, I make sure that I don't Fully enjoy it, That's even if I'm that. sleeping, yeah. even if I'm reading, even if I'm just kind of killing time. Like, and it's like, oh, it'd be so great. I'm like, yeah, I can just take the day, you know, and do what I always normally do on a day because it'd be nice to have a day. No, 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 no. You know, I'm I'm cheating some company out of money that they should because I should be working with everyone else today. Fine, I'll starve. You know. And, and, and lose like half a pound that I put back on well, instantly. Well, what I thought we would do is like today we'll have the bagel. Yeah. And so maybe tomorrow we'll go shopping at the normal place. And then, you know, you could get you could get a huge, uh, you could get two of the specials and eat them. <laughs> oh, that, well, you're, people, uh, it's a cultural thing. And also you, having a steak after you've fasted for 25 no, hours. Oh, you mean on, on to, oh, yeah, Sunday yeah. We're get your steak. That's kind of, like, to start the fast. you should get, like, a baked potato, fake baked potato, mm. uh, you know, and, and get yourself, you know, some, you know, fatten, mutton yourself up. <laughs> mutton? I love that mutton verb. Mutton yourself up. Mutton myself up. I thought of Bob Marley. I feel a little sheepish about that. Mutton up yourself. Mutton up yourself. <laughs> Anita, steaky baba. Mutton up your overcoat. So, um, so, yeah. So, the next time you see me, I may be a quarter pound lighter or the exact goddamn same. But either way, I hope to see you next Saturday right here for the 913th episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then, 
Have an easy fast, those of you who are fasting. Have an easy slow, those of you who are slowing. And gone by. Dave's gone by. Go for the white fish salad. The white fish. No, I'm more with the herring. The white fish. Herring. White fish. Herring. <laughs> this will go on for a very long time, folks. Have a great one. See you soon. <laughs>